I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Black Guy Who Tips. I'm your host, Rod, joined as always by my co-host, Karen. And we are joined by a first time guest on our podcast yes but we've heard her many times on three guys on yes uh <laughs> you might know her as stand-up comedian 2019 nbc national stand-up comedy competition winner of all over the world uh and uh she hosts debatable af on uh her uh, on instagram and stuff it's frankie french what's going on frankie hey what's up uh, how you What's doing? Thank you for having me. I love you guys. So we love you too. Amazing. We we haven't really gotten to uh to talk much and all that type of stuff. We follow you on you know like Facebook and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we listen to you on Three Guys On and all yes. that stuff. Um, so uh, with the quarantine, where everyone's at home, all right? And so now we finally been able to like sit down and be like, let's go through our list of people we want to get on the show that the we never had. Real long, y'all. And you were one of the people. Karen came in the other like the other day of just like we need to get Frankie on. I was like, that's what I'm saying. And so boom. So thank you for coming on. I think pretty smart. I love you too. <laughs> ah, I just said, oh my god! Look, hey everybody, that's what's up. That's <laughs> how what's up. How, how you been getting along in the quarantine? Oh my god! Um, surprisingly, my husband and daughter are still alive. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> every it's like every I say like three days with my husband. I just want to choke the life out of him. But my daughter, we can go probably about like every seven days. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know, what this hell say? You know, but it's, I mean, it's, been, <laughs> it's been wild. I, you know, I, I won, like you, you mentioned, I won the NBC opportunity, which was huge, right? Or, you know, which was scaled to be huge. Mm-hmm. And I, I relocated to LA, right? Um, January 20th, I moved out there. And the plan, you know, was to get settled. And then my husband and daughter would follow like six, eight months, something like that. And if I'm being honest, I was so consumed with work when I got there because I was doing a lot of things I had never done before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like heavily enmeshed in network dealings and, you know, going to auditions for acting opportunities, which I had never really done, you know, in any real sense. So I'm um, taking acting classes, like just doing all these different things. Um, and so I wasn't really watching the news mm. that much. You know, I wasn't staying as plugged in as I should have been, right? So I had come home when Kobe passed away. Mm-hmm. I think as with a lot of people. So where I was living, I was I, I was living maybe like 10 minutes from where his, his helicopter went down. Oh, right? wow. Um, and I remember that morning I walked out. I had, there's this little cafe not far from where I was living. They have the best coffee, the best huevos rancheros, and it's like super cheap, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and their avocados are amazing. So that was kind of like my little go-to breakfast spot. So I was heading over there that morning. It was like nine in the morning. And I remember walking and I was like, wow, it's, like, it's really, really foggy today is what I remember thinking, right? And I was like, you can't, you literally can't see anything. Like even on the ground, you can't see anything. Mm. So I went on and had my breakfast. It was just an eerie feeling in the air. And then when I got home, my roommate's daughter comes running into my room. Oh my God, Kobe Bryant died. And I was like, I said, don't listen. That's some internet troll bull crap. Like, don't listen to that, whatever. 
And then, as we all know, it turned out to be true. Right. And then, you know, when the news broke about his daughter, I was just folded into, like, I was crumbled, like, gutted, absolutely gutted. And I couldn't stop thinking about my baby. So I came home, like, in mm. the next couple of days, you know. Um, I came home just because I, I needed to lay hands on my child. You know what I mean? You know that feeling where, I don't know, I just needed to see her, hug her, and whatever, you know, just get that love and energy. Because I've been away from them, right. you know, for like two months at that point. Anyway, mm. so I came home, and still, I hadn't really been watching the news about corona. Right. You know, daily events I'd been keeping pretty up to date with, but corona wasn't really following because in my privileged American minds, right, mm-hmm. um, you know, black people go through a lot in America, but on some level, we still are afforded a layer of privilege, right? Right. So I'm thinking, well, yeah, this has been bad in other countries, but <laughs> this is America. We're going to be perfectly <laughs> fine. You know what I mean? Right. Not for, forgetting that there's a toddler right. driving the ship. Right. <laughs> I don't need love. I don't need hands. that there was an infant baby person in charge of all of this shit right right so you know my brain is thinking one thing oh obama's got it we're good but you know then they ain't even in charge no more (laughs) so (laughs) so i came home and then when i went back i was back in la for about a week and everything got really bad you know that's Mm. when they started talking about shutting the country down so I got a little nervous thinking that they might stop domestic travel because they had just right. stopped international travel. Yeah. And I was like, you know, let me go home, go in quarantine for what, two, three weeks at the most? <laughs> 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 right. A hundred and what days late? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, man. I, it's stuff. crazy because like, um, like California is one of the epicenters of it, but they have Governor Newsom. Yeah. And Gavin, you know, Newsom is pretty proactive. Like, he's, like, actively being like, we need to shut shit down. We need to be careful. They got the uh, ship that got floated out there that they didn't, turn out they didn't need at the time. But, like, it, he, like, that's, uh, it, it would seem like it would be a safe place to be, but the cases keep going up there because nobody want to listen. Mm-mm. This is the thing about California. It's so easy breezy over there. Like, it's so chill. You'll forget, like, there could be zombies walking around and you would forget. You know what I mean? And everybody's so beautiful. I literally ordered a lift and got in the car and heard, like, a, a, a Michelle and Bruglia song when I got in because the driver was so fine. You know what I mean? I'm like, wait. <laughs> Did I just fall in love with my lift driver? You know what I mean? Like, everyone's so beautiful. Homeless people are coming up to me. I'm like, what's up? Are you single? What's your deal? You know what I mean? Like, so you forget that shit's bad. You know right. what I mean? Like, real quick and real easy. You, it's The landscape is... Go- I'm sitting in bumper-to-bumper traffic, but I'm on the PCH. So the ocean is just, you know, rolling to the left of me. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, oh, and I'm on my top down. I'm using my friend's convertible BMW. So the top's down. The music's blaring. I'm, I'm having a great time, but I'm forgetting that I'm in, like, dead-stop traffic. Right. So, you know... LA is a whole other world. I don't know if or when I'll even get back to that side of the world. I've been, you know, just hole up in my house. No stage time at all. Yeah. You know, people are trying to do online comedy shows. 
which is my nightmare. You know, and maybe I'm just not a good enough comic to do it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've, I'll say I've had a couple of successful runs, but it's not the same for me. It just really is not the same. It's a different muscle. You can't replicate, huh? I say it's. A, I feel like it's a different muscle. I don't know what the muscle is, but <laughs> I'm not working. Like I don't know how to exercise it. I don't know, <laughs> girl. Let me. I'm gonna tell you like this. The very first. A virtual or online show I did was over Instagram, right? I bombed so hard. <laughs> the uh, the audience was heckling me in the comments. <laughs> you know how it is? <laughs> standing in a room by yourself trying to entertain people that you can't see or hear, right. but you can see their nasty ass comments scrolling up. <laughs> 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 I was like, you want me dead? Like, I can't even, like, when I go on, like, Facebook Live during, uh, like, sometimes I cook on Facebook Live and uh, people will come watch me cook or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I can't even really keep up with the comments that well while I'm cooking. So I can't imagine trying to do stand-up and keep up with the comments because, you know, stand-up in real life is instant feedback, right? right. I like the joke, I'm laughing. I don't like the joke, right. I'm saying nothing but with with the comments i mean they really sitting there typing this shit out and you never get the laughs if you even if you were doing well i mean so here's what i will say i've been you you mentioned debatable af Mm -hmm. i've been doing that show for let's see i have 10 episodes now i think no yeah i have a 10 or 11 episodes okay you tell the audience what 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 debatable af is oh yeah, yeah yeah So I uh, don't know how you all feel, but I am obsessed Mm -hmm. and I absolutely love the show Black AF, right? Me too. And, you know, it's, I can't even say how wonderful it is. I really can't say enough good things about it. It's so beautiful. You know what? Let's just go ahead and take a time out and talk about it because I never get to talk about it with anybody. Karen hasn't watched it yet. Not yet. But that's okay. That's okay. And the, and the, get, your life together. I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> but it, it's not okay. Mm-hmm. I have love for you in my heart, but it's starting to dwindle. You, do you feel me? You know, like, you, know you know, you know, I, you know, I, I will go ahead and I'll tell the truth. Roderick is blacker than me, and Roderick is he he has he's more connected to his woman's side than I am because he watched Insecure and I didn't watch Insecure. He watched Scandal and and I didn't watch any of that. And, How to get away with and, murder? And black people was like, Karen, what is wrong? I was like, I don't know. And then Karen was lying at first because I would watch some of this stuff. Like when I watch Girls and when I watch like Curve, she'd be like, "I just see his white people stuff and I get up and leave." And I was like, "Okay, but then explain insecure because you get up and leave during that too." I feel like you just like getting up and leave during good programming, and you <laughs> right, need to get I on this. Yeah, I have. <laughs> yes, it is. I have gotten her to sit down over the last couple of weeks and watch Curb with me. Yeah, I do an episode or two. So I've gotten her to start on Curb Your Enthusiasm, but yeah, Black That's Black one of AF. The best shows it is ever created it I really mean, is and like that and like people be trying to write it off as white people shit and i'm like it's i mean it is white people shit but it's so good not all white people shit is bad like no Cur- it's not curve is so fucking funny i really Larry's laugh mess. i laugh until i can't breathe sometimes so good this is the, this is the thing my my husband <laughs> my husband said hold on i have a child person walking in how can i help you child person <laughs> 
Oh, tell Daddy I'm tape. I'm doing a podcast, and I so I can't talk. Hold on. Can, do you mind if I take this call from my husband? Yeah, yeah it's cool. So we go. We go. Vamp. We got it. Okay. Oh. Sorry, everyone. My <laughs> husband conversation with my husband. What's up, hubs? Um, they had the tall thing of the heavy whipping paper. You still want the half and half? Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so get off. So yeah. <laughs> yes, get all three. I need. I need to just get a small thing of the whipping cream. The long thing, a half and half, and then the organic vitamin D. Why do we need whipping cream? Okay, love you, bye. And don't call me back. You call me. Okay, bye. Yeah. Get out of get out of my office. <laughs> okay, thank you for correcting me. Get out of my office. I'm making a French toast for lunch. Jeez, okay, goodbye. Hi, I'm mm. so sorry. They don't want that. Uh, they don't want that uh, July 5th uh, French toast. I mean, come on. So, no? look, this is a, this is a, this is the thing. I've been experimenting with French toast. I really love. Oh, Frankie French toast. What? Yes. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> it's really good. So I was obsessed for a while with Hala French toast, right? Mm. And um, Hala, you and, and there's a shop not too far from my house that has. Uh, Fresh hollow French toast. Like they, I mean, sorry, French hollow, hollow bread. They mm. make it. You can get it that same day. It's still kind of warm in the package, right? Yeah. So I made hollow French toast once and it's like, I'm never going back. This is the only way to make French toast. Mm. But my husband bought a loaf of French bread the last time I wanted to make French toast. And I was like, this isn't hollow bread. Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, babe, I feel like it'll hit. And I was like, I don't think so. So anyway, long story short, I make French bread, French toast blows doors off of everything mm. it's so um i mean i can't even get into it because it in the in the custard and then when you cook it you cook it low and slow so it gets nice and crispy outside and then the inside it's like a little custard it's like a little cinnamony vanilla custard on the end. oh it's so good anyway oh, i love me a, i love me a good french toast too because yes like i like it better than uh pancakes and i like it better than waffles because waffles ain't nothing but syrup prisons and i don't i don't support <laughs> the prison industrial <laughs> complex you know what i'm saying free to serve free syrup deserve to be free like the rest of us you know what Rob? <laughs> um i can't i'm just saying <laughs> everybody liked in their own sale that's what waffles are they are syrup prison that's all they are like you're just locking up prison locking your syrup up let it flow free um so okay. yeah black af um is so good um because it's so brilliant and we don't really have anything on tv like it before um because no. they made the black people more relatable and flawed and and that that adds to comedy like that's what i like about curve is that larry's not right all the time sometimes no. he's a dick but that's what makes it Most funny. Most of the time he's a dick. Right, right. Well, all the time he's a dick. And then sometimes he's a right, dick. Sometimes right. he's a dick with a point, and sometimes he's a dick where he's off in left field, right? And so that's how I uh, that's how I like black is black AF is because is is in addition to just talking about blackness, every character on there has their hangups. You got the woke daughter, and so and she's woke, but she ain't never lived no life. So of course she think she got it all figured right. out. You know, uh, uh, the biracial. Um, uh wife who's always trying to put on extra for blackness because she a little she's a little insecure about her blackness so now she want to do like all this blackity black shit and the fact that she wants to be like a boss in real life and she gave up a career and her husband doesn't understand that like all these little things that like combine that 
are very serious issues but they make it so funny and relatable i, I love it so this is the thing that struck me you there there are always i feel like black families on tv have been put into a very specific mold mm-hmm. and if it doesn't fit into that mold or something or some reasonable facsimile of that mold then we can't get with it oh, i don't like it this this is black people don't act like that right here's the thing though and i've struggled with this my whole life because of the way that i was raised and where i was not not the way but where i was raised mm-hmm. i was literally the only black kid in my school for a long time right mm. and then you know slowly but surely a few trickled in but by the time I got to sixth grade, it was me and two other black people. Right. And we and the three of us were the tallest in the school. You know what I mean? So very conspicuously black. Right? <laughs> so right. all the, seriously, so all the black shit came down to us. And we were mm. there were only three sixth grade classes, and we were broken up into one one in each class. Or how about you put us all in the same class? You know right, what I mean? Right. Like there's only three of us. Can we all sit next to each other, please? <laughs> you know so. That was my experience. So even now today, my husband will joke that he's in an interracial relationship, <laughs> and, <Right. laughs> and, which I don't dispute. Not that <laughs> I think or act or want to be white. I mean, that's right. not at all what I'm saying. And please do not at me because I will hurt your, your feelings in the <laughs> blackest of ways. That said, <laughs> that said. The things that I'm into, you know, the way that I vibe, it's just a little different. It's right. not, you know, not completely formed but a little different so when i watch joya on black af i really and i'm not biracial well right. according to my ancestry i'm weirdly 25 percent irish what but anyway weird. we're not even gonna get into I weird <laughs> weird in the way we all are coincidentally coincidentally a little bit uh got a I'm little like, bit of wait a minute this don't uh oh yeah yeah we all got a little little half and half in our coffee yeah everybody does Mm -hmm. and and not by choice right anyway right um, so all of that said i relate to her in that i've always had that challenge of proving my blackness and people telling me you know black people tell me i'm not black enough white people clearly saying i'm not white you know so i've I've never i've always been lived in this kind of weird limbo you know what i mean And, and didn't understand it so i'm like well Everybody in my house is black. Mm-hmm. Everyone, you know, for the most part, my family's predominantly black. I don't understand why I'm not accepted anywhere. So when I when I see black AF, I'm like, oh, right. Ta-da! I I 100% relate. Even the way you see how me and my daughter are. Like we mm-hmm. are very close. We talk about literally everything. Right. So <clears throat> there's certain conversations and there's certain ways that we joke with each other that traditionally. Black parents, we don't, right? you know, they don't do that. Like, I call her a dick probably two, three times a day. I'm like, right. you know what? You're being a dick. You know, and she can call me out on my shit, too. And it's it's like that because she's a human person. Yeah, You know what I mean? And so I've always enjoyed the way that she thinks. And I've never stifled that. I've never told her, you know, right. be quiet. Talk, you know, don't speak until spoken to. I when I was little, I, I, my mom got my opinion when she gave it to me. You know right. what I mean? Like, I didn't, I wasn't allowed to think. Feel, you have feelings. You have thoughts. You <laughs> have an opinion. You have an opinion when I give it to you. Like, that's right. how I grew up. So with her, it's very much the opposite. And, and like, seeing, to- seeing the show dynamic, like, this is a rich 
black family like they're established he writes for a living you know um Mm -hmm. like his wife writes a book during the course of the show and and all this stuff so like that i think when people think black experience a lot of times they want to see like middle class to lower class black experience like you know they're like more comfortable with that or they want to see like the cosby's or like the fresh prince of bel-air like his his uh the the you know that family uh uncle phil's family like they like this kind of clean richness and so he's kind of like no we're rich but we're kind of shitty people like like we're not like madmen shitty but like my kids cuss i don't it's not a big deal they're gonna be fine my kids my kid i don't need to teach my kids respectability because my kids aren't i'm not worried about my kids like fucking up their lives because of whatever and um and then just creatively the story arc like every story every title being because of slavery and then it's amazing because it's, it's so it's true amazing. it's so because tr- it's so true all the issues that we have whether it be colorism whether it be like him feeling like materialistic but then wanting to make like a statement with his clothes but then getting getting real insecure when white people like the shit like like the chain when he's like yeah i wore this chain so that i could like show people that you know where we come from i'm not doing this blah blah, blah. and then when the white people are like i love that chain he's like i'm gonna get rid of this chain i'm gonna sell this this chain is whack isn't right, it? right like right. i love that kind of shit because you know it's it is the dichotomy of blackness it is the kind of shit that we think about all the time we're always in our head and the creative arc of making it a film project for his daughter to get into college like the when you finish the whole thing it's almost like a a, a movie it's almost like a two and a half hour just one complete movie or something as opposed to just this project that's um um or four hour movie i'm sorry as a call as opposed to just like an episodic thing and i heard they got renewed for season two already so i can't they wait did, i love I it i'm so i live right before we came down here i was watching the show like that's i've watched it now front to back i can't even count how many times yes I've never seen like you all the things that you just said what's your favorite episode black family oh um my favorite obviously episode five is everybody oh man yes i mean you can't it's so it's just so good Uh, but i also love honestly every episode for me is fantastic there's something different in every episode that i'm just like ah like the episode where they go to dinner with their shitty liberal friends (laughs) yes and they flex on them oh and they flex because that's me and my husband. That is uh, like we. Oh, that's we, us. A hundred percent. You come for us. Like we might be right, but you come for our family. We're gonna shit all over you in in the most polite of way. Exact, literally, exactly like that. We're gonna cram everything into your cram hall like oh. that. It was so dope and like it was. Like, uh, yeah, some hip hop shit. Yeah, it was such shit. a flex. Yeah, oh, oh, out of nowhere too. I love that. Like they like because they have been beefing the whole favorite. episode, and they get to that last like five minutes, and the white people try to like have a little bit of like you know try to flex on them a little bit like yeah we can go to the lakers game and then they just like amp it to 10 like yeah we could get court side seats you know i know shaq we could you know like it's just like oh we could take yes, the private the jet we could, yeah like i love that my i think my favorite right now might be the father's day episode where you basically talk about how like fathers ain't shit and and we get a run we get a bad stigma as black men blah 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 but then he tries to coach his kids little league team and he is a shitty parent (laughs) the worst he is the absolute worst 
Oh man. But I mean, we I can go episode by episode yeah. by episode. Like I said, like I just wrote a pilot. Um, oops. Oh no, I lost you guys. Uh oh, we're right still here. We see you. We see you. I don't Uh-oh. know if she can oh, hear hold us. On. Okay. One second. Uh, I don't know what I did. Give me one second. Okay. There we okay. Go. All right. All right. Um, <clears throat> I just wrote a pilot right before Corona hit. Like I finished it literally the day before I flew back to be quarantined. Mm. And it's based on my real life, but the lead character, the title of the of the show is called "By Felicia." B I Felicia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about a bi black woman who's recently divorced. Uh, has a daughter. Um, it was married to a very wealthy man um, who has now left her with nothing. Why? Because she's a piece of shit. She doesn't have custody of her kid. Mm. I mean, she's just kind of a garbage human, but she's really not, right? right? But you see these layers, like she's so layered and awful. And then as the season, you know, kind of goes on, you kind of peel those layers back and realize, oh, she's not awful. She's just really damaged. And here's right. why. And here's, here, you know, she's got a fear of redemption and all these other things. So, like you mentioned before, I really love characters that are human, that are flawed. We, we never, and the, and the thing is, we don't really get that. Like, like, um, no. there's so many shows where there's just like some fucking white dude who's kind of a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. But we, but we, but the, the, the viewer is never questioned about rooting for him, right? Whether it's Mm-mm. Tony Soprano, whether it's uh, Don from Mad Men, whether it's like the dude from the Blacklist, like, there's infinite amount of shows in all areas uh breaking bad where it's just like this person's life was fine they're like they he could have been a, a rich science teacher who you know his friends bailed him out from his cancer treatments or he could sell meth and he decides to sell right. meth and we have to deal with that for six but when it's like a black character that has that flaw like the the, the pe- people come down on it so differently like i remember when uh yeah. scandal started and people were just being like uh why why she got to be sleeping with the president he's married and shit and i'm just like nigga why tony soprano gotta be cheating on his wife who gives a fuck is is it a compelling show or not so i love that and then i also like the idea of peeling back the layers of damage because i think that's how you get empathy right and so when you have that empathy that's that tells you why you root for a person um and then also just on, on a comedic level it's more fun to play with people who are kind of wrong it's just like the character that is always right and they're always the victim in every situation in the world like it it's not as good as the character who kind of like fucks up sometimes you know and those characters are boring mm-hmm. because yeah. people claim they want that but they don't watch that shit so i don't True. believe none of y'all i don't believe you <laughs> right now and, and and you made a good point right i think oftentimes black characters don't get that space we're either mm-hmm. one thing or another right we're either the you know, gangbanging dearly that you hate or we're the savior of the world, you know, and, and really pure. And I think that, you know, it's the magical Negro syndrome. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like we, we can be, a, we're, we're very layered creatures. We're human. Right. You know what I mean? So I made it, I did a roast. I also have a show called French Roast mm-hmm. that's uh, typically on Fridays at nine. And we just did a roast of another roast of America. And I hosted it as an alien Mm. Um, so I had a alien, um, what is it called? Snap filter on yes. while I was doing the show. And it was, it was very hilarious. <laughs> and, um, one of the jokes I made is about, was about racism. I can't remember it now, but the point of the joke was that, you know, if, if the race war is funny to me as an alien, because there's only one race on earth, 
which is humans. <laughs> right. And, you know, and I know for a fact that they're all the same on the inside because I've opened many of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... <laughs> Yeah, it, that like um that like that's that's interesting too because like what is the difference when you're doing like <clears throat> debatable AF or when you're doing uh French rolls and when you're doing like stand up um online on Zoom like how like what's the difference for you? Well, I I love having conversations. I thoroughly enjoy conversations like this right now. This is my space, building, talking with people. I love ideas. I love thoughts. I love thought provoke, you know, provoking thoughts. I just really enjoy the en- engaging with people, right? I think um, those are, are our most important moments. They lend space for inspiration. They lend space for collaboration. And they just lend a space for you to learn and engage and get into another human, right? And also allow them into you and into your space. So I think those are our most important moments. And I'm comfortable engaging in a conversation, whether it's being watched or not. I think that's readable. AF is is successful. Mm. And I feel comfortable in that space because, again, it's a conversation, right? Um, French Roast is a comedy show, but it's a roast show. Mm. So we're not, we don't necessarily need an audience for kind of that back and forth. Because stand-up is also a conversation, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. I'm on stage, and even though the people aren't saying anything, they're responding to our conversation with laughter. Right. Or even, you know, you're so crazy, you know, a right. quick yell out. But it is, it's a vibe. It's a whole back and forth. It's a give and take. When you're on stage, there's an energy and a rhythm to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you when you get to that place where you're just kind of, giving your jokes and delivering on muscle memory and you're just in the flow of that moment it's amazing there's nothing compared to it Mm -hmm. Um, unless you do music and then maybe that's a a good comparison Mm -hmm. but with french roast i don't need an audience for that right um or with debatable doesn't need an audience you can just kind of deliver your jokes and we're in uh on a dais you know how roasts are set up you have the host then you have the dais and you have the person being or thing being roasted right Mm -hmm. so Everyone on the dais, we haven't heard each other's jokes yet, so we're all laughing at oh, each other. Oh, so, okay. And, you know, roast shows are like, ba 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 ha 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 ba 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 ha 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 It's very, you know, you're not really laughing while the person's delivering the joke. Right. It's not, it's less of a conversation and more of a PowerPoint presentation. And what um, topics have you done for Debatable AF so far? Which topics have you done for French Roast? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Um, so debatable. So basically, I've been playing with debatable since episode one. So initially, mm-hmm. it was a platform. So my my team had been kind of hounding me like, Frankie, you got to stay relevant. You got to find something to do during the during the downtime, or you're just going to get lost in the shuffle. And you'll have to like rebuild your career, and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay. And I couldn't think of anything to do. I was like, I'm not just going to start going online and doing some dumbass that that's not me i'm not going to do tiktok dances not that there's anything wrong with it but i'm not doing just anything for likes i don't care about getting likes like that so i need to be inspired is what i kept telling people then i saw debatable i'm sorry i saw black af and then i saw how much controversy was around it Mm. and people were upset like really split down the middle like this isn't black af and then some ignorant mofos were like I can't believe they got this girl playing his wife, and she's not even black. Oh, I saw that. Oh, they not they not know who that woman they is. They don't know who Jones. Is. I said, uh, that's 
the pinnacle of blackness. That's Quincy Jones's daughter. He right. is the sound. Your mama and daddy had. They made you listening to Quincy Jones music. I'm pretty <laughs> guaranteed. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Rashida Jones. You know what I mean? Like she mm-hmm. blackness. That's you know. So just on that, I you know I was like, so I, I posted when I was like, hey, would any comics like to go on a Zoom with me and debate the show, right? And I was like, ooh, what if I name it Debatable AF? And I was like, oh, this is something I could do weekly. And we can just talk one episode a week or whatever and then do the same thing when season two comes out. But it got not old. The show just kind of evolved really quick. Right. So the first episode is all about the baseball AF. The second episode, there's there's uh, hints of it. But then every other episode, we just, I just pick like current topics and mm. different things. And now we have the show formatted like kind of down. So... The first 20 minutes of the show, I pick a heavy topic like race relations or the Me Too movement or whatever um, relevant that's going on currently. And then the second half, we do a relationship topic, like something like deal breakers. And then the very last uh, question we do is a moral conundrum, Mm. which are very fun. Like there's one. Are you guys familiar with the shopping cart theory? No. What's the shopping cart theory? Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness okay i have to read it to you okay because it's so bananas um and so this is the kind of thing that we would debate shopping cart theory okay let me just pull it up really quick okay um the shopping cart is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing to return the shopping cart is an easy convenient task and one which we all recognize as the correct, appropriate thing to do. To return the shopping cart is objectively right. There are no situations other than dire emergencies in which a person is not able to return their cart. Simultaneously, it is not illegal to abandon your shopping cart. Therefore, the shopping cart presents itself as the apex example of whether a person will do what is right without being forced to do it. Mm. No one will punish you for not returning the shopping cart No one will fine you or kill you for not returning the shopping cart. You gain nothing by returning the shopping cart. You must return the shopping cart out of the goodness of your own heart. You must return the shopping cart because it's the right thing to do because it is correct. A person who is unable to do it is no better than an animal, an absolute savage who can only be made to do what is right by threatening them with a law and the force that stands behind it. The shopping cart is what determines whether a person is a good or bad member of society. Mm. What? That's deep. How deep? Like, how deep is that? That is deep. I mean, as shopping cart returners, like, you know, I do feel strongly about this, and I do hate when I see an abandoned shopping cart (laughs) in the fucking middle of the... uh, Because I'm like, this is going to roll into somebody's car, you're going to fuck it up, scratch it, we're going to lose a taillight. I actually, like, a few... Sometimes I return someone else's loose cart. I've done that before, too. Because I just think of all the things that could go wrong, where it's just like, that could fuck somebody's car up, or whatever you know but but it is weird though because if you ever talk to anyone that works there they almost sometimes seem surprised when you're a person that takes care when you're like oh yeah i'll bring the cart back they're like what who does that so it must not happen all the time you know (laughs) no everyone that i've talked to about this they are all cart turners cart Mm. shopping cart returners 
I am not. And let me and let me explain. Mm, okay, not, this makes a lot. Okay. I'm not a habitual not returner. Here here's the thing. I um don't leave it will I put it up on the sidewalk or up on, on the, the hill right? where it won't roll. So that it doesn't roll away yeah. so that it doesn't hit anyone's car. That's if I park far away. I usually park there's never where I live there's a never parking spaces mm. and there's a never the shopping cart return from where I park way far from so a lot of times I'm like ah and I'll leave it there and I'm like mm. fuck it it's fine it's up on the curb it's not gonna run into anything or I consider that a return as like, wild as that may sound I do not consider that a return no only a return is a return oh, that's a no like, Karen, i do Karen, I, I, karen's I, trying to be nice and great on the curve because you're on the show and she likes you and stuff but that's not true <laughs> we know that's not no, a return it's not you. rolling into nobody's shit not fucking up nobody's car mm-hmm. yeah. what if a storm comes and it and the wind knocks it loose karen okay it's not in the oh it tips it over it's no, not I in the secure up on the sidewalk it's not going anywhere and another thing i do if i see an elderly or disabled person i will always take their cart and return it for them every single time always 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 no matter what i'm doing mm. um so i have cart return etiquette i just you just don't you don't like, do it for yourself I'm black in America and shit's rough mm-hmm. and i need this to be as convenient as possible that's usually how i roll i'm also I, I i'm also that. black in america last time i checked and i'll be returning them carts so you so know. Don't, that's what I'm saying. Don't you get a, a no cart return pass, Rod? Use it. I do. What I do it. Pass? Honestly, I do it to honor the ancestors. You know, I'll, <laughs> my gra- my grandmother returned carts. You know, shit. We used to be the cart. A long history. Oh, we used to be the cart. We used to be the cart. Okay, so we and and. and no- Grandma's hands. The original <laughs> Return that car on Sunday morning. Yes. Yeah, I'm just saying. Wow. We used to. Uh, my grandma used to return the car, so you know, I just do it out of respect for the ancestors. You know, so. Ooh, you know what? And that might be why all this make you do the quarter thing, because we down south. Because they know niggas shop That's there, a, yeah, so they be like. Yeah. Yeah, because she and I are the reason that Aldi hooked it mm-hmm. up, and at Aldi, I always return my cart. But they always they also make it more convenient for me to do that. Yeah, I, like I said, it's, it's, I never even fucking thought about thought about it before. The, like I'm sure over the course of my many trips to the grocery store, there has there's been times where I haven't returned a card. I mean that had that had to happen, but I I just I've always try to make a point of returning it. And the reason why I bring up all this, sweetie, is because I remember we down south, so we've never heard of this quarter in the in the in the uh, th- uh, grocery cart thing. So when they first started popping up, I would be angry because I was like, I don't got no goddamn quarter. Like this is stupid. Yeah. That, and, but that's also the other problem. I never have cash. I never have change. Like all, mm-hmm. it's very rare, very rare. So when you do have to put the quarter in, that is absolutely inconvenient. And guess what? I want my damn quarterback. So I'm going to return this. The question, the thing for me is like, this explains, this is why I said COVID is going to win because the, we were like, if you were to tell people you need to wear a mask so they don't get it, everybody in America would have a mask because everyone's so selfish. But when they start saying, well, the mask is really so other people don't get it. Motherfuckers was walking out the house like, fuck everybody. That's not me. Okay. I'm about to go cough on babies. Now that's wild. I don't roll like that. I'm, yeah. I'm a mask up, glove up, 
don't play with me. Give me my six feet. Like, I don't play with the, I don't play with the COVID rules. Right. Not even, I was at the um, deli and I'm very respectful of other people. I'm talking about like, if you're king, I will stop and let you go ahead and go by so as mm-hmm. not to violate your space, right? Same. So I'm standing there. I just got my deli ticket. There's no one at the counter. Everything is wide open. It's just my husband and I. We're standing next to each other. We're waiting patiently. Over here, they're helping another person, right? White lady walks up with her husband. He's still standing back, six feet away from the from me and my husband and the, the, the young person, whoever they were helping over here. He's standing back. She walks up. I kid you not. Remember, I said this is wide open. Many areas for you to walk up and look in the case. I'm not even standing all the way up to the case. You could even walk in front of me. She stands up and is right here. Leaned over my shoulder. I said, um, you see that face you had? I said, um, I'm going to need you to back up. She said, oh. I said, yes, ma'am. Give me my six fucking feet. Back the fuck up. You don't have to be rude about it. I said, no, 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 no. I said, you were rude when you invaded my space. Don't sit and try to turn this around on me. I, I said the first time, first off, you're in on my person. Right. I can feel you touching me, okay? That's number one. That's where you're wrong first. Two, I said, hey, back up. You look at me like, Psh. So now, yes, I said the fuck word. I'm going to say that a lot now. You need to back the fuck up and give me my six feet. You don't have to be rude. No, we're not going to play the throw the rock, hide your hand game. You started this. You don't get to now tell me. So that thing, that that mask thing, no, that's we need to protect each other. Right. Protect yourself. Protect your neck. That's not. Mm-mm. It's just it's just so yeah, weird because I do feel like if the news would have said, listen, wear a mask and you won't get it, all these motherfuckers will have these masks on. Like they they like it, it's honestly just that they told them two things that they learned. One that the mask doesn't necessarily stop you from getting it with a hundred percent you know like accuracy right once they found out like well uh, it's only like 30 percent and unless everybody wear them then they were like fuck it right the second thing is when they found out black people was dying from the shit man these motherfuckers was like oh mask yeah. off fuck yeah. it. and they wanted to open up yeah. the economy and all that bullshit and they've done studies to show they was like the bulk of the people not wearing it is younger people this is what mm. a lot of states are saying younger people they was like older people are like no motherfucker we don't get it because we know we're closer to death the younger people think we're gonna live forever old people are like look i could die tomorrow i could break a hip and get an expensive right. ass bill i'm not trying to pull out no money in my right. fucking 401k so we're like nah niggas and you know the young people are like woo, gonna live forever forever throwing mm-hmm. corona parties and see who gonna <laughs> catch it first and all that other bullshit <laughs> hmm exactly but i i mean i don't get i don't get not i don't get it i want yeah. i regardless of who is protecting i want the mask on me right. too i don't care if it's for my safety for your safety i just want i want it on me too i don't want to breathe in i would and if we're being honest i'm actually enjoying the social distancing on a lot of levels. Me too. I like the fact that we're giving each other space when we're out in public. I like the fact that we're not shaking hands. Like, I don't, you know, being in an industry, you know, and if you guys ever do any live shows, people want to meet you after. Yeah. You know, and 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 I'm not going to front. I love meeting meeting fans. Love it, love it, love it, love it. But everybody's hand isn't Mm -hmm. shakable. Mm-hmm. And you, but you have to shake everyone's hand. And people will come and shake your hand. They be damp. Mm-hmm. 
cold. You're getting everybody's fluids and juices all over you. Mm-hmm. I like that we're, we're elbow bumping. I, listen, I, I as like a, that. I as an introvert, cool. this is my heaven, okay? Because now the mask has made it so that you have to stop and think and consider if your small talk is fucking worth it and it's, right. it's such a small thing to happen in life yeah because yeah, it's a, it's that. frustrating to talk with a mask on but it has knocked out like 97 percent of pointless conversations mm-hmm. from my life people had that mask on they be like i'm not even gonna ask this nigga how the weather is mm-hmm. i'm not even gonna ask him nope you know, it's a lot quieter i don't know if people realize this as you walk around unless people are talking to the immediate people around yeah. them, it is a lot quieter this dude asked me the other day we was in, in the store and i had on a t-shirt i can't remember what it said but this dude that worked there was like hey man i like that shirt and i oh. and he had like his he pulled his mask down to do it and i was just like yeah i'm gonna pretend that i'm just over here 12 feet away with my mask on and i'm just going hey thanks but i gave my thumbs up and just kept walking because it's just so much right, easier it's so easy if if i wouldn't have had no mask on i would have had to be like hey man thanks dog where you get that shirt from nope he just i like your shirt and i got kept walking i love it no no one the people at Publix, they like offer to take your buggy out and i hate that because oh, then that. when they take your buggy out they also want to talk to you when mm-hmm. they push you so how's the weather what do you do for it and some of them don't give you a choice they won't even ask they just start walking beside you and yeah shit. and you put me in a bad position because now i gotta like ask your ass to not do this job you know what i mean and but they don't even ask anymore they don't even they don't want to go outside with you they don't want to catch the covid i fucking love this shit no. it, we want to i want to keep the mask after it's gone after coronavirus gone i'm keeping my mask because yeah. i don't want to do this shit yeah. no more and, and it wouldn't surprise me if if people just keep their mask around for the next quote-unquote outbreak because nobody really knows because we don't mm-hmm. we this country doesn't handle it well so who knows what the next thing is going to this be this country that, handled it ter- first off trump idiot mm-hmm. ass this oh put a whole team in place for this exact reason for literally decades of experience. Exactly he said while he was in office, it could be five years. It could be 10 years. He called it. He called it. We don't know when the, just in case we should have a team of people that's looking out and checking data and watching trends to see when and if uh, diseases and pandemics and viruses are arising in other places in the world. And then we can use that same team to prevent it from spreading too badly in America. And what did idiot do? Um, we're going to get rid of <laughs> the pandemic alliance. We don't need it. It's irrelevant. It's fake news. What am- you? The thing that would have stopped this because Obama made it, you lied and pretended mm-hmm. like it wasn't worth it, mm-hmm. disbanded it, and now... O- over 150,000 Americans have died. This thing you is the worst. Yeah, but, and the thing is, the people that, you know, he disbanded, they was like, yeah, we left them like a, a big-ass book. Like, we actually left them right. like step-by-step step on how to, even if he we went in there and followed the book. Read. Oh, no, he's, right. he's a dumbass. That nigga is all people. That nigga is everybody that has ever gotten a job when you go through that orientation that you first get and you know you don't read that shit. You know what I'm talking about? He's just, but you, he's doing that with the presidency. You know what I mean? Like, right. every, everyone has had a thing where you like, nigga, I've been an accountant before. Okay, yeah, 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 best practices. All right, well, thanks for the training. Right. I'm about to go do the job. You know what he's, he's asking 
acting like he's acting like his briefings are the terms and agreements for, yes. for a game he just downloaded on his phone. Yes. Agree. Agree. When can I? When can I crush candy? Yes, I'll take the cookies. Can I crush these candies or not? This is what is wrong with this phone. Like, that's, uh, right, that's what he's doing. Like, nigga, this. I feel like you should read right. every line. You know what I mean? I feel like it's like you know, not 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 that I know people take it very seriously. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but it's like when people complain about like Facebook tracks my my privacy and when i go on another site they know what i've been looking at and they advertise it to me and i'm kind of like but nigga it's facebook you knew when you, <laughs> you right. no, no one doesn't know now so you can't be like yeah i can't believe it's, this shit <laughs> well forget facebook it's the internet yes it's tracking everything everything that you do on all the sites it's, it's the phone in your pocket Right, Facebook just leverages the data. That's the only difference. Yeah, it, every site's doing that same thing. All, all the it. shit knows all the shit we do. That's yeah. you like if you have the Groupon okay. app on your phone and you go out to eat, the Groupon app will be like, you know, you could have got twenty dollars off. Like all the <laughs> shit knows the shit. So right. so so like it's like the people right. that still get quote unquote outraged about that. And I'm like, man, I, I lost that outrage in like 2006, dog. Yeah, you- I, I, I'm over that. I, I know what it is now. Every time I download an app, I'm like, this shit, no, when I jack off. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, the, that's the bottom line. All the stuff, no, it knows all the things you're doing. It already knows. I'm yeah. just like, you know what? As long as it's let me, well, I guess I, I guess this is legal is how right. I look at it yeah, now. Well, right. I guess I'm allowed to smoke with my house. Like, you know I'm, what I mean? Because... <laughs> I know that they know. Like, yeah, I can't wait till, you know, I'm just going to wait on the uh, class action lawsuit settlement letter that I get. Oh, yeah. You know, 20 years from now, I get 76 cents in the mail for a check because Alexa was right. always listening to me and it knew when I was fucking. Okay, we get it. Right. Alexa was masturbating to yourself. Right. Yeah. Alexa was. Wait a minute. I thought Alexa was just an electronic voice. Turns out Alexa was a whole ass dude. Yeah. In Minnesota. Right. On the sofa. Alexa, everybody jack off. <laughs> right. Alexa's like, uh, ten thirty time for your session. Oh, oh it knew. It, right, wow, right. this thing is good. Right. <laughs> Alexa, just starts play, Alexa just starts playing Marvin Gaye at ten fifteen for no reason. Right. That's, <laughs> the, like, that's the shit I keep thinking about because you know, like Facebook does the targeted ads, and um, you know, I'm like, I look at porn on the same computer that I fucking do everything else on. So like, if I go to Amazon and I look at something, and I go to Facebook, it's like look at this amazon ad you know like oh do you, you sure you don't want to get that t-shirt right but then like sometimes right. it'll be it'll it'll like combine things on the algorithm mm-hmm. and i remember one, t- one time i was up late way late at night it was like three in the morning i went on my facebook and one of the ads was for t-shirts but all the t-shirts was art of like that uh velma from uh scooby-doo but it was uh-huh. it was like all these sexual positions. She had a fat ass, like <laughs> on the t-shirt. Yeah, I was like, okay, oh. but, but the thing was, how did it know? You know what I mean? I was like, that's it was like you like t-shirts and you like pornography. Right. Let's combine it. I was like, they I wouldn't wear it. Too. He likes yeah. And he loves t-shirts. Mm, right? You was like, if people would look at me weird, maybe? Like, right, I was like, how did it know? I wasn't even like, in, like mad at it. I was just like, this is exactly the height. It knew it not knows to. It knows that you'd be looking at Velma porn. Right. right? It knew not ah! to. Velma porn. I'll tell you, you what. Like, 
it knew it knew not to show me daphne i'll put it that way okay it, <laughs> it knew enough exactly. <laughs> it was crazy exactly. hilarious. oh man all right Rod, roger gonna be out there solving the mysteries i get listen okay okay if she want me in the mystery van okay i will get to the bottom of this if you know what i'm saying <laughs> okay i want to hilarious i'll be one of those meddling kids um <laughs> all right we got uh we got all kinds of news happening um so what we do here we talk about coronavirus news to open the show um and we don't have a theme song per se but we go look up random songs on spotify by searching coronavirus and we play one we don't know what it's gonna be like uh we've never heard the song before so this is new for oh, us let's hear it. I'm, I'm excited uh today's selection is gonna be um let's see how about what young lo-fi the name of the the song is sick night COVID 19 coronavirus all right let's see Yes, it's, and it's it can't <laughs> get right. Like they're trying to like, like it's I don't not know clear. Tune into this FM station or this AM station. Yeah, I think you know, this is like it's, it's, right in between. It's like when you you're messing with the knob, you're like, I think this is Chemical Brothers. Wait, what is no? Right. I can't. I don't no, know. It sounds what? distorted. I'm gonna fast forward a little bit and see if it's ever any words. <laughs> No, this is just a horrible lo-fi beat from somebody that needs to you go back. Mm-hmm. You basically have to mainline ecstasy to listen to that shit. Like, that's some right. shit, like, oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> fucking God. Are you guys rolling? Oh, my God. I'm, like, so, like, oh, my God. Like, my Am like, I high? Are like, you high? Oh, I see colors. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can feel it flowing yeah. through me. Oh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's what I'm hearing can, right now. Yeah, it's I can smell the color green. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We need some like foam. That's not we need foam real. falling from the ceiling onto us and like balloons and shit and and glow sticks to even listen to this. All right, let's get into the coronavirus news. Yeah. Our man, one of the most adorable men in politics. Herman Cain, aka Black Walnut, oh, God. is receiving treatment for Listen coronavirus at an Atlanta hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, he you, probably took that picture uh, doing the uh, thing that Donald Trump had. He had the rally in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Um, he was sitting with the blacks, um, and he took pictures. No one was wearing a mask mm-hmm. because you know dummies. That's what that's what that's what people who don't believe in themselves do wear a mask apparently. Well, I guess I'm not strong enough. Yeah. Uh so he uh what? yeah, he tweeted out um how he is uh like 
you know like don't wear a mask don't worry about it blah 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 and then took pictures and then of course he went to the hospital wednesday after he developed symptoms serious enough that he required hospitalization he did not require a respirator he is awake awake and alert according to a statement that was released thursday but i don't know if he's out of the hospital yet i don't know if he still doesn't need a respirator and i think they said that he survived cancer or some shit like that so it's one of those things where you're already in the demographic and you survive cancer if i'm not mistaken i think that's what they were saying like he survived something and so i'm like word okay oh god this This is what we in the biz call what your black ass gets this Mm. is exactly what your dumb black ass (laughs) get you are the epitome of dumb ass and black like why what in all everything about you is incorrect you are black sir okay you're black we are predisposed to being germaphobes off break ew that's just nasty Mm -hmm. that's just how we roll we like shit covered up we like shit washed up and you're telling people don't worry about wearing a mask and compounding the fracture with you just being at a trump rally i'm bravo to you i am glad coronavirus got it right this time corona got it right this time like you know what? let me get this nigga he think it ain't real thank you coronavirus i appreciate you oh and then he's still tweeting or at least someone's tweeting from his account the latest tweet is more discovered about the positive results of hydroxychloroquine which has been disproven by the fda disproven by all scientists dr fauci said don't use it the cdc stopped the study on it and said it's not it, it definitely will kill you and this nigga is still tweeting that out while in the hospital this is insane it's not insane it's par for the course it's scary because the, the scary thing is there are adult people who aren't even not forget educated who don't have enough common sense to listen to what trump and his acolytes say and understand that it's false that it's, it can't possibly be true that whatever they it's i've never seen anything like it it's like a it's literally like a cult it really is like a it cult. is anything mm-hmm. he says they're like well trump said but 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 trump he's i've never seen i watch and i just look like this white niggas lying though yeah like he's these are lies i also these think he will legitimately li- huh I, was, I think they i honestly don't put it past them in order to try to like make this covid19 shit not look that bad mm-hmm. i wouldn't put it past them that herman kane could be in the hospital right now on a ventilator and like they, they wouldn't, wouldn't they wouldn't tell us they wouldn't no, tell they us wouldn't tell we us wouldn't, no he could you wouldn't we know until he know. died so it looked like he's Right. honestly karen if he died i think they were weekends at bernie's his ass and just trot him back out to one of these things with some shades on and be like see herman's fine he'd be mm-hmm. fucking flailing about and whatnot because i think they're yeah. that dedicated to the fucking lie that's true now i'm not even gonna lie i would actually find that hilarious me too i'm, not, I'm sorry i know that that's probably well no i have <laughs> always said i have always said herman kane herman kane is one of the most adorable politicians that america has because he's stupid and also ineffective you know what i'm saying so like there's like there's a there's an ineptitude to his uh belligerence to his malignancy that 
allows me to be able to laugh at him you know like I, this nigga called himself black walnut you know what i mean he like he was what? that yes that's his nickname he's, and he calls himself that he's like you know old black walnut he cheated on his wife with a white woman and that's how his fucking campaign ended everybody yep. forgets that he did an interview one time where he was running for president and he was in the lead and they interviewed him on like 60 minutes and they asked him about some international politics and this nigga was lying he was like me taking a test i didn't study for he just made shit up he's they're like so what do you who's the leader of libya and he's like yes libya. i remember that libya he probably couldn't point it out on the map libya uh let's see uh no see that's no see that's liberia um libya what is and then like he was stalling and shit we did a whole episode about this we probably talked about this shit for an hour but he did a whole he started stalling and doing little shit that you do when you when you try to make up a lie he was like getting some water he's like uh let me get a sip of this water real quick mm, mm, mm. i'm gonna get right with you. <laughs> okay so, so drink the whole bottle. One second. right yeah and yeah uh let me take my answer i got you coming up play let me just take my phone with me okay right. how about this can i dial a friend can i dial a friend on this one okay uh let's right. poll the audience can we poll the audience multiple take choice they 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 take two off the board okay and then i guess between the last two left on who's the leader so like he was adorable and because i knew he was never gonna win so and then he had the the 999 plan because Mm -hmm. he sold pizza and shit now he got covid 9919 and he in the hospital it's so it's it's he i mean i hope he don't die for real i know he a coon but like he's such a adorable coon i hope he don't die like he not a he not like a jason whitlock uh you know like he not like a he don't have this active hate of black people in the way that a lot of the other coons you know ben carson you know so yeah, I, I hope me, he lives if you support trump that's enough of an active hate of black people for me well that if is you're, true you're open that is support true. of trump for me it, I, i'm sorry i actually mm-hmm. you know what rewind i'm not sorry mm-hmm. trump is a hard line for me it's a hard line he's he's not on enough isn't even the word to define him mm-hmm. he shouldn't be where he's at should not be mm-hmm. it defiles the office it, it's it's just despicable disgusting and it's embarrassing as a country it's right. embarrassing you know my question is this how responsible for trump is herman cain it's not about how responsible he is because Mm -hmm. who gives a shit who's responsible for him at this point i do i can't i want all of them to die all the people responsible i have to burn in hell all the people that are active in this thing is a is a is a difference it's a, like it might seem it might seem like a small difference but it's a big ass difference to me like some of these niggas like mitch mcconnell is mitch mcconnell is active ben carson is dangerous he has power herman cain is so on the outs with these niggas he like want to be cool with them they don't even fuck with him they don't give him no positions they don't like he just like he's just a whack nigga for no reason you know what i mean but uh, it's a little difference <laughs> which is worse yeah but here's the thing though i don't disagree with with that i don't I, yes it's important to differentiate or to understand who's responsible for him mm-hmm. but at this point and when I said it doesn't matter, it's because it doesn't. Right. He's he's there. He's causing. He's already the cancer is already spread. Right. It's metastasized through the whole body. So who gives a fuck which thing we ate that got us here? How do we eradicate it? Yeah. How do we eradicate it? How do we get healthy again? And how do we get rid of all of the everything that could have possibly touched this 
anything to make it that way. Right? I agree. I agree. Let's work that. It's, it's over. It's too late now. Who's yeah. responsible for him? All of us are. Now let's all work the fuck together and get that idiot out of. This should have never happened. I it agree. shouldn't have ever happened. I you agree. Know? And now we're here. We're, we're here. Uh oh. Did Frankie freeze? We, in a, I haven't made a dollar. Oh, damn. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? My mm-hmm. family, we are, and I'm not, it's not just me. Millions of Americans are going through that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We, uh, everything, our whole, our, everything was kind of very tenuous just because of the trajectory of my career and a lot of other things. My husband's been crazy banana supportive, mm-hmm. even when he probably should have been like, bitch, you don't need to get a day job. Like, he's just been like, no, I believe in you. Right. And the heavens opened up, I won NBC, and shit was off to the races mm-hmm. and then the world ended and so that little bit of headway we made we lost everything again literally we lost right. everything so we're back in a position of trying to rebuild and we have no way to rebuild like how am i going to get a job yeah how? now where am i going to work i, I absolutely and, and, and that's the position that most americans are in right. so i'm at the point where i'm like fuck that burn all this shit down and let's start over i agree we are all of us are not thriving and there's no reason why we Mm -hmm. can't we are all not threat there shouldn't be homelessness there Mm -hmm. shouldn't be poverty none of that shit should exist none of it Mm -hmm. and the and the and the way that people want to hold on to their superiority and their supremacy and these is baffling to me right i would rather everyone living a, a mediocre middle class life than people living so extravagantly and people living in uh oh, Frankie froze. <clears throat> uh oh, Frankie, you there? I think the internet might have cut Frankie off. She was getting too real. It was starting to turn into some socialism, and the white man tried to shut her down. Oh no, that's. Oh, there she is. No. Okay, you back. You back. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not turning into socialism. My my only point though is there's no there's so much suffering. Yeah, and not that saying that Trump is solely responsible for it. But he has definitely magnified it. Oh, he's exacerbated he it. He exacerbated it. Even and he don't care. Like he's gotten rid of. Uh, I know this show always. Whenever we have like people on for uh, that we haven't talked to in a while, it always turns into us being like "fuck Trump" for an hour. But whatever. It's it's my favorite song. Um, he <laughs> ah, my, so he he exacerbated he exacerbated it right because even with this bailout that people were supposed to get, where regular people got a twelve hundred dollar check at best, right. And if you look at the transfer of wealth for the programs that were supposed to help small businesses, it mostly went to these big ass rich businesses. Yeah. Right. So nobody yeah. like businesses still closing. They care about the economy. When they say the economy, they just mean them, them and their friends. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like the right. thing that kills exactly me, right. the thing that kills me is seeing uh, Trump be exactly what they said Hillary Clinton was. Mm-hmm. To see Trump be what they accused Obama of being. Right. Like, everything they say yeah. that that these other people are, Trump is that, and they don't seem as outraged about that. Like, they're still more worried about Joe Biden coming into office and, and like, we need to make sure... I, I'll never vote for him. I'll vote for uh, Kanye West before I vote for... And you're like, my nigga, Trump is worse than... It's like if joe biden fucked kanye west and they had a baby it would be better than trump like trump is that bad he's already the fucking worst so it is frustrating to watch people and yeah it's you know even with herman cain you know like we've had a running joke for years that he's the uh adorable uh black republican because he's you know he he never got close to power but yeah even with a person like herman cain going to that rally 
like you either with me or against me at this point like how can you not be mm-hmm. how can like all them black people at the rally how can you not be like incensed at this point how can you even be there with no mask on knowing that if you you are much more likely to die of that shit than the other people in the fucking arena with you and they don't care about your life they're using you as a fucking token you know what i'm saying so i definitely understand but see that that's because one of the most coveted things in in american society is white approval mm-hmm. that is one of the most coveted things for everyone for whatever reason because white society you know traditionally has been put on a pedestal you get more if white people approve you you get you know you're happier if white people you can make more money all of these things we associate with the approval from of white people right mm-hmm. so even though we are in a horrible season even though all of those things are true, there are still black people like, well, I mean, <laughs> but if he wins, I want to be on the right side. Right. Oh, all that shit. Candace Owens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, shit. Can we never say her name? Can we just mm. call her troglodyte and just be done with it? I don't ever <laughs> want to say her name again. She's just a horrific... She's bad. She, where are your parents? And you know <laughs> that the NAACP, was it the NAACP mm-hmm. that came out and supported her when she tried to sue that school for racism? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and she won. Pretend like it doesn't exist. She, yeah, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, I feel like in a way she's living in her own penalty, her own karmic penalty, because every time you look at her hair you can see there's no connection to the black community with that woman you know what i mean because no no no, like no oil black women vote at 90 percent clips for the democrats so like what shop could she even fucking go to to get like she can't walk in no shop no no there's no one no, never. Mm-hmm. Like, ever, unless she goes in disguise. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's too racist to you look know. at a at a fucking hair tutorial. So you know no. she ain't clicking on them YouTube links. Mm-hmm. She just suffering in silence over there. Edge is crispy as fuck. Yeah, she going over supercut and they just washing the shit and blow drying it and sending her ass out the door. <laughs> she looks like a a supercut patron. She, she definitely looks Yeah, like, like you know, they was like, Yeah, you'll be all right. They fried it and sizzling it to death. <laughs> And, and she just walking out no the front door. And no oil. Any, there's no moisture. None. And you know she paid probably a hundred dollars and look like a broom. Right. They get giving her yeah. that that perk plus. Like it's terrible. Come on, wash and go. Get the hell out of here. In other coronavirus news, Vanilla Ice. This idiot. He's throw he threw a Fourth of July concert. He said we didn't have coronavirus in the nineties. <laughs> No shit. But we have it now, dummy. What? What do you? What? Oh, I'm sure uh, no more you know than what? people came, so he should have been fine, right? Uh, update: They canceled the concert. Shut up. Yeah, I guess they said. <laughs> All right, stop. Everybody, go home. Collaborate. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. All right, stop. Take your ass home. Everybody, you not about to come up Look here. Look and listen. Yeah, we locking the doors. Y'all got to go yeah they stopped this shit wow they canceled it for some reason they said who is going to a vanilla ice concert though who is about to buy tickets apparently i'm gonna tell you who going them white supremacists okay that's the only people that who's left as a fan okay suge knight should have went ahead and just let him go okay my office hours off from nine you know what don't even worry about it he was trash right i can't believe this man I don't know. I didn't know. I don't know what. 
I didn't even know Vanilla Ice was even a thing anymore. Your name is Robert Van Winkle, right? Like, yeah. Mr. Van Winkle, can you please sit the fuck down? I Like, honestly, ever since he ruined Ninja Turtles 2, I knew something was up with this dude. Go Ninja, go Ninja, I go. I knew something was up, dog. I, I have Yes! I have not fucked with this dude since Ninja Turtles 2, man. I was like, what the fuck is this concert doing like, in the third man. act? Yeah, <laughs> in the third act. He had all them black people with that, him and shit. Them, them, you know them black people was just like the Funky Bunch. They was just there to get paid. They don't hang yeah, out with him. Yeah, it was Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. What happened? Yeah. The Funky Bunch just disappeared. We just never Marky even Mark. heard about the Funky Bunch. What they up to? Marky Mark talking about he care about Black Lives Mattering. I wish the Funky Bunch would have been like, this you? You never called me back, Mark. <laughs> They're going to do a behind Hilarious. the scenes called the Funky Bunch. Right. I want. Yes, that's what we Hilarious. need. Yes, I will be here for it. We, I need, yes. I need to know. Uh, I need to know who was in the Funky Bunch, and I, I, I would like Funky Bunch member names. Yes, the who Funky Bunch the behind funky the music, VH1. Somebody well, give where us is the Funky Bunch. Uh, what are they? Let's see, Funky Bunch members. I'm googling them right now. I want to know the oh, answer. Please do. I want who the fuck are these dudes and what happened to them? Because I know my man, uh, my man Mark Wahlberg never looked out for them. Mm-mm. This, I'm mad that this shit came up in Google. So, uh, so apparently the Funky somebody. Bunch members, because people, okay, so Anthony Thomas from 1989 to 1993-1993. That's what they're gonna do a tour with Hollow Notes is the Funky Bunch and Hollow Notes are gonna do a revival tour and they're gonna call it Funky Bunches of Oats. He played ball. He played ball at the YMCA like three times, and these and then was like, "Y'all niggas wanna be in a um in a group with us?" Uh, this is this is that picture. Wait, one of the Funky Bunch is a white dude. That's <laughs> who's the white well, dude? He's making it. He's- He's making a side face. That lets you know he's very cool. Yeah. Oh. He's doing like a smirk. Very cool. Uh, And the black dudes all look like they hostages. Oh, they like they hostages. Oh, this is very 90. Them hats. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that a Malcolm? the worst. Oversized coats. Is that a Malcolm X hat? What is it's like it's like not even a Malcolm X hat. The next hat was was in. Like the black dudes had a. Look like the black dudes have on some version of almost like a Malcolm X hat, but but you know Mark Wahlberg has three nipples, right? Really, I did not know that. Oh, is that a cross colors yeah, hat? They got what's happening here? <laughs> I don't know what these hats are. I don't know what they are. The red, are the black, outfits? and the green. Oh, you know where they bought them at? <laughs> they got them at the flea market swap meet. <laughs> well, you know when you walk in there, they, and they had the shit you don't are know. Your bow? Are those Jerboe? They look like outfits? they look like it. Oh, oh my God! They members only jean jackets. What is happening here? <laughs> Do you remember when people used to dress like that? That is so mm-hmm. terrible. Used yeah, to, I mean, used I, to, yeah. I used to be one of yeah, them. Yeah, me too. I mean, that was I definitely dressed that terribly before. I had a whole outfit. I had a fit. Okay, I thought you couldn't tell me my green outfit, jean outfit wasn't wasn't drip. Okay. You could not tell me I wasn't killing it. I used awful. to be ironing my outfit, laying it on my bed before the first day of school. Like, I'm going to kill these hoes tomorrow in this green Kango. Okay? Couldn't tell me nothing. Yeah, the, that is so funny. Yeah, the, the early 90s. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg's got three nipples. On It's on his left titty. 
Right, yeah, almost right now up a little bit. Right. Yeah, see it? Uh, oh, damn, hold on. Well, Google Mark Wahlberg three nipples. It'll oh. come up. Man, Mark Wahlberg got three nipples? How'd you even notice? He got three nipples. I'm telling you. <laughs> How'd you find yeah, Google Mark, Wahl- Mark Wahlberg three nipples. Okay. Yeah, back in my Jerry Curl days, you couldn't tell me shit, boy. I had to wing windbreaker this swoosh. You know when your legs oh, cross. I oh, see. Right he got a phantom nipple. Oh. Wow, we got a phantom nipple situation over here, y'all. Well, you Why know, does he look like Justin Bieber? Well, this is a long time ago. He probably got nipple surgery by now. It's probably of not course. on there no more. Mm-mm. Nah, it's gone now. Uh, no, there's a more. No, here's here it is. This is recent. It's still growing in. You know what? I love this. Okay, Mark, love yourself. Okay, don't let these people That's shame a good you. Luck nipple. Right. You might not even be Mark Wahlberg if it wasn't for this nipple. This might be the difference between you and that's uh, exactly right the other if you learn to love yourself with your third nipple and these other motherfuckers you could have been zach efron and 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 not loved yourself and then you wouldn't have never been a bigger star so uh exactly. i don't know how frankie knew that but <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you for the um, inside i used of to be it's, i used to be obsessed with mark Wahlberg. um i used to just think he was the epitome of hotness i know uh i know where i went wrong everyone Mm. i already know um and i used to date a guy because he looked like mark Wahlberg. Mm. so i I know i used to know most mark Wahlberg facts i actually spent the night at his house once when i lived in la frankie tales that's a whole (laughs) other story i mean it wasn't anything scandalous did we almost do it yes that was the plan but then his cousin who i was not interested in mm. cock blocked the whole situation and made sure Aww. that it didn't go down mark looked like he so. don't sleep with black people I, I'm, I'm scared I'm, I'm a little skeptical of him him and his funky bunch ways hold on you broke up a little bit what'd yeah, you he, say he, i mean he was cool to me i don't know mm. I don't know what his racial history is. Well, no, he did beat up the Asian man. Yeah, I want to see some proof. I want to see Mark Wahlberg. Black ladies, if you had sex with Mark Wahlberg, write into the show. The black out to the gmail. Oh, yeah, please, right. I would love to. Let's get to the no, bottom of did. this. I, like let's get some Marky Mark tales, okay? We need Come to know. Um, let's see, what else is happening in the news? I, I'm going to get out of coronavirus news and get to some other news. Uh, Kanye West went on Twitter and announced that his, he's running for president which there's all sorts of reasons that it's almost impossible for him to i don't even think he can get on the ballot in five different states Mm -mm, he get a zero um he has no party affiliation it's just literally a tweet but it was enough to melt the whole fucking world down and make people feel like he's gonna split the black vote which low-key is racist uh <laughs> who's voting for kanye we right. had a meeting and we were not talking about voting for kanye i was at the last meeting yeah he wasn't on he ain't that on nobody's ballot discussion Mm-mm. that is uh, that also it is so fucking racist to say that black people just gonna yeah, be like yeah kanye west i can't control myself i i meant to go <laughs> right, i meant to go right. vote i meant to go vote for the person that was gonna help me get better rights and a job and all this other stuff but you know what it's Kanye West. I love his shoes. Like, and they also, fuck you. They left this crispy piece of chicken on top of his face. <laughs> yeah. How am I ever going to 
I showed up and they gave. Let me put my forty ounce down and go in here and vote. Right. You fucking racist right. piece of shit. Like even and it was and the it thing is. that was killing me is because you would you know you would think it'd be like Republican racist. It was mm-hmm. a lot of liberal white people. Mm-hmm. Like if I better not see anyone vote for Kanye West, I just want to go on each person's page. Like suck my dick, you racist dummy. No one's gonna vote for this. If anyone's Nobody. gonna vote for him, it'll be like the cool white people that think like voting for Jill Stein was a good move or something. Right. It's not gonna be black be people. Those idiots for sure would be those videos oh anyway this nigga running i don't care and if we're laying blame at the feet of people it's the jill stein voters that put trump in office can we come on morons giving away the vote for no reason she want every state all the states that the three states that hillary needed had them fucking jill stein voters (laughs) in a bigger number than the margin of defeat so yeah suck my dick y'all are terrible yep um, yeah, so yeah. I put a lot of the blame at the feet of those assholes. A lot of it. A lot. Somebody was, and then the other thing, um, cause there's this thing that people do now where they try to turn everything to like a big, fast conspiracy so that people are like, <laughs> cause I, I said, look, in a nation where we've been gaslit and we're paranoid now after all the shit we've been through in the last three and a half years. Mm-hmm kanye west running is just in this polarized environment is just enough for some of y'all to spiral into this like and what if he wins Mm -hmm. we said don't take trump serious either and it's like this is not the same thing no it's not (laughs) he didn't go through any primaries he's not he hasn't done a single debate he hasn't like this is such a like goofball right moment Mm -hmm. on july on july fucking fourth right you didn't even buy his last album. Let's all calm the fuck down. You don't right. like you don't right. like his wife's family. What are we talking about right. here, Negroes? But someone responded and said, "Right, because what if he's doing this? It's a distraction from what's really happening." And I was like, "No, nigga, his life is a distraction. Everything like this, this isn't special. This is just Kanye on July fourth, July fifth. It'll be right. some other bullshit. Wait, July sixth. Like you can't give this dude that much credit. He's trying to help." He's trying to help Trump win. He don't give. He's trying to help Kanye get attention. That's what he do. So it yeah. was trash. Anyway, good luck to him. Um, no, bad luck, you know, bad luck. I wish him bad luck. Can't wait to hear his uh, platform. You know, go to his website, see what his uh, see see what his campaign slogans are. Uh, who designs that? You know, buy some of his trashy moon clothes. beans and ice cream. Yeah. That's what I promised Mm-mm. in 2021. What are you talking about, Kanye? I'm good. Get your dumb ass down from the podium. <laughs> that's that's his whole campaign. That's the start and the end of his campaign. <laughs> Kanye. Oh. And uh, his uh, mama spirit comes back like, boy, you don't get your black ass down. Yank him off the debate stage. Get your ass. I ain't saying that's what you married this when you married that damn uh, girl. I ain't saying yeah, nothing yeah. about that shit, but I had to come back for this. Get, get your stupid ass. <laughs> And the Tesla dude supported him, so you know it's yeah. more behind. You know behind that, he's like a real living Lex Luthor. Yeah, Elon Musk, you can't trust him. He's a super villain, ain't he? Though, like he just be doing whatever. But he's so rich though that he just be doing whatever. It's not even like a plan to his shit. Elon Musk just be out here fucking trying to, you know, fucking Grimes, naming his kids after algebraic <laughs> equations. Like, why do we take him serious? Because he rich. Who gives a fuck? Um, yeah. I- I don't care. I know a lot of rich idiots. I know a lot of people with multiple degrees that are fucking morons. Exactly. I know people that dropped out of school that are geniuses. So 
you you being wealthy means nothing. Nothing. It means something went right enough in your life that you made a lot of money. That's what that means. Um, you know, or wrong enough. Now, Frankie, do you sleep in your house with your bedroom door open or closed? Closed? Uh, what? Bedroom door open? I am not giving an open invitation to the monsters. Are you insane? Absolutely. We close it here, too. Now, the other no. question, a new a new question has come up, um, because scientists have proven that if you go to sleep in your house and you want better sleep, you should make it cold. Oh, my house is always freezing. Mm, ours as well, and we do sleep. Yeah. We do sleep well around here. I don't mean the. I sleep hard. Y'all. I don't mean the brag, but we do sleep yeah, pretty well. Because then, if you get hot, you can just kick the covers off. Right. So yeah, it cre- it helps your body create melatonin, yeah. and um, you end up uh, um, sleeping better because your temperature nat- our body temperature naturally decreases at night which signals our body to increase melatonin mm-hmm. production uh a cool mm-hmm. room will help the cool cool the body so that our body temperature drops quicker and our melatonin production increases um so it looks like all three of us are cold sleepers but i did see a few people when i shared this article that said that like nah i sleep with it hot and i just don't i just want to know who hurt you that's all oh and somebody talk about chat yeah well people with hot flashes yeah hot flashes ain't no you know if i used to think my mom was a lunatic when i was a child because she would just burst out in the sweat take it all off lay on the floor naked my what's wrong with you now i realized she was going through menopause mm-hmm. wait a minute Cass said that she's an open door sleeper how i don't even i if i leave my door open I, it's like i'm a hundred percent certain that mm-hmm. murderers and vampires are going to get into my house and they're going to come right to, straight to my room because the door is going to be open. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is exactly where they're coming and they're going to murder me. Better question. Do you lock it? No, that's weird. Yeah, but she has a child yeah, that's, though. That's I, don't, I don't think people with kids lock the door. I don't think any of them would. I, we, we lock should. it. Yeah. My daughter's got sex dar and I don't care what time of day it is. <laughs> If my husband and I are like, hmm, should we? She's immediately like, and he put it in. Let me open the door. You're like, she, I don't care what time of day it is. She instantaneously knows, and she's opening that door. And we're just like, come on, dog. Mm-mm-mm. I'm gonna need you to get out. Yes, it's twelve in the afternoon, and no, we probably shouldn't be butt naked in the middle of the bed. But I need you out of my room right now. <laughs> All right, I'm just saying. Um, let's see. Um, the family of Corinne Gaines, you remember her? She was killed by the police. Um, it was, she was on Facebook Live. Facebook cut the feed, um, by, because the police asked them to. And then they went in there and shot up the house. They killed her. They actually shot her child. What? Yeah, I remember this wait, wait, like a few wait. years ago. Corinne, Corinne Gaines. This is maybe like two or three years mm-hmm. ago at least. Yeah. Um, well. Now, what okay so in 20 in 2016 in baltimore county um she was having like um i can't remember if they had like a i think they had a warrant for arrest because of like a traffic stop or something or something like that like it was just something weird and so it was something something benign and simple nothing violent or right and so they came to our house and they were it was an hours long standoff she was on insta uh facebook live showing people like this is what's happening i'm in the house with my child and 
they asked facebook the police to turn off her feed so people couldn't see what was happening live they basically and they knew she was armed as well so then they came in the house they shot her they shot so many bullets they ended up shooting her child um they didn't kill the child but they did uh injure the child mm-hmm. um and then uh when they i act- do remember this young right. lady yeah very beautiful young mother yeah. i remember that i remember now yep yeah she's one of those she's one of those women that um i mean there's so many people that have been killed by the police and you know different ones like affect people differently but i don't know why but her face just fucking i can never get it out of my head you know what i mean it's been years but you, it's like it's almost like you could have known her i guess you could feel that way about any of them but mm-hmm. something specifically about her just feel like you could have known Korean games and uh um, tamir rice was that for me yeah yep yeah tamir watching that i think i i can't even count the, the number of times i watched that video because it's so you as you're watching it you're I, all i see is a little a, a baby playing a kid playing right that's what i see right you know and then to see him so quickly seconds drive up no conversation bang bang and he's dead mm-hmm. and you i know, know what i mean like i don't yeah I, it's, I don't it's so weird man but um yeah so originally i remember that um originally a grand jury awarded the family 38 million dollars but then a year later the decision was reversed by a baltimore county circuit court judge but then uh this week um uh, a recent ruling essentially says the judge is wrong a special appeals court ruled to reinstate the 38 million dollar verdict awarded to them in a civil suit gangs were shot and killed by baltimore police yeah so it just goes back into uh how how she passed and all this stuff so i'm glad that um they're getting money but money isn't gonna bring her back but it's really the closest thing it doesn't matter possibly replace right you know and we're not we're not replaceable like that you know and i I don't understand why well well, we understand why this whole thing like this has been debilitating Mm -hmm. you know for me and as well as a lot of americans mainly black americans i know that i haven't been super friendly with my, my white friends and it's not because you know i now don't like my white friends it's just they don't understand Right. And I don't feel like sharing my pain with them because it's too it's too much. It's not for you. So right. yes. you know, I, I know when I talk to my black friends, they're we're talking on the same playing field. We're coming from the same level. We're we're feeling the same thing. Yes. When my when when my white friends are calling and asking questions, it feels like you're observing. Yes. It feels like you're looking for absolution. I can't give that to you. Yes. You know I, what I mean? I had a discussion. I had a discussion you know, the other what? day with a person where I shared an article on Facebook and it was uh about Beyonce and uh her mama, Mama Tina. She been going on the internet defending Beyonce lately. Yeah, she was like, My baby ain't got to she, say nothing, but I'm tired of you niggas. She tired of the shit. She tired of people coming for Beyonce out of nowhere. When Beyonce is one of those people that actually does try to help people. Like yeah, she does. You, like, millions of dollars. Yeah, I I get the whole arguments against capitalism and stuff, but you're not gonna change it by chastising Beyonce like th- that's not gonna change the system if you want to change the system change the system and then right. not to mention that's like we give such a pass to white capitalists mm-hmm. that have much more money and being richer much longer mm-hmm. and somehow we but we come for like the the niggas that just had money for five minutes we like you need to give it up sis okay first of all we not gonna right. get free it's right. like what, what? Right. i just got this money so and and i'm actually trying I, like elon musk ain't giving no motherfucking money black lives matter or bailing nobody out they don't give a fuck about us jeff bezos ain't doing shit like 
uh shit she don't even own the means to production like these uh she actually made it through her fucking uh wits and talent and shit anyway i, I don't want to turn this into a beyonce stand moment but i will but i don't want to um my point was uh the person was like uh someone one of her fans was defending her and they was like listen if beyonce was just only about getting money she wouldn't even be talking about race Mm-mm. because right. it's, it's you make it's not she, profitable yeah like um not self-titled but lemonade lemonade was one of her lowest selling albums uh compared to the other albums but mm-hmm. a lot of that's because white people get offended when you talk about race she didn't say anything on that album that was controversial or fucked up or any of that stuff but white people get this shit in their chest where it's like no you can't be talking about uh police cars and you know i like negro noses and shit that you know what about my nose okay what about anglo noses and so <laughs> With, right if you don't stop it right and so this person uh, you know well-meaning person i only know them through facebook for a couple of years but a white person um was like well um it's really an album about a woman and going you know like going through this uh situation with this man and and like really coming to value herself and blah 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 i said yeah but it's also a b- very black album it's yes, a it black is. woman album it's an album i right. said you know he's he's like you know i feel it it's like a, a album for feminine people because he's gay and whatnot and i was like it is for feminine people and it is for black people but it's specifically for black women like you can yes, get black something. women got their lives to that album yeah, and not more than any other group not trying to be funny more than any other group. remember the visual album yes like when they, on hbo like that shit is all black women daughters of the dust imagery you had uh fucking uh i think she even had the mother of some of the people killed by the police in there she did serena williams is in there like it's a black woman album and celebration it doesn't mean there's nothing for anyone else any of that stuff so um but this person wouldn't let it go you know and it was to the point where i was just like you know what it's not it's it's more so that you won't that you won't let this thing be because they brought up like um well i think it was bet midler or not bet midler barbara starson like barbara streisand did an album where she kind of leaned into her jewish roots and stuff and i was like being jewish in america is not, not the same, same as being black like it's not the same jewish people can be accepted into whiteness they if they can't be accepted into whiteness they can at least be accepted into not blackness which every minority group except black people can be a part of and so i was like this is different and, and they don't have the same history in america right and so it got to the point where i was just like let's just not be friends because because honestly like it's that level of shit that i'm trying to cut from my life right if you don't get it if you can't if or if you don't understand you don't get it which is fine like you don't have to understand everything comes out my mouth but if you can be like well i just don't understand that it's not for me to understand and and move on and the thing is they wouldn't let it go but they wouldn't let it go out of their privilege they wouldn't like like it wasn't like uh it was agree or disagree it was like you bought shit up and they just wanted to argue the point because when i brought up that being jewish is different there was like basically also like i'm offended don't don't bring up being jewish because you know anti-semitism around the world i was like you brought that up you you brought up this i wasn't even talking about that shit you brought it up and i'm just telling you it's different than being black like this is not an insult to jewish people i'm definitely not no fucking anti-semite so like and this is not an oppression olympics right and i didn't call you racist when you told me her album wasn't just about being black i didn't say that so like where is this coming from and it's that level of what i'm trying to express it's the frustration mm-hmm. with the effort it's not about like i hate this white person now it's just i'm black and i'm protecting my space i'm protecting my peace this amount of effort 
in a normal casual conversation i would never have to expend that amount of effort with a black person no if i told y'all like we could even disagree about shit with beyonce no one's gonna come for me on some like well she's not about race i mean come on black people like yeah she's definitely a black woman that makes black art you know what i'm saying so that that's the kind of thing i think people are coming to a head with right now and their white friends and their white acquaintances man a lot of people are starting to be like i just don't want to put in that amount of time and so that might mean like frankie said you're talking to them a little bit less you're talking about different shit you you know like it's not a, i don't hate you but i have to protect me right that's exactly right i don't I, and i don't you know i have friends i've grown up with um, some of the people that have literally known me the longest in my life are my white friends because that's what I grew up around, right? right? Um, so it's and it's not that they just don't understand. Right. I grew up for the most part in Reston, Virginia, mm-hmm. and if you know anything about Reston, it's very much a kumbaya society. It's very different than uh, than most other places in Virginia, mm-hmm. in that the way we grew up is very much like a kumbaya kind of situation, right. like you know we don't see color but that's bullshit right because the world does hey frankie Frankie, real quick i'm sorry i'm sorry to cut i was sorry to cut you off go ahead you were talking about growing up you were talking about growing up up. in the virginia and the yeah Yeah. so so now we're we're adults we've all branched off and had our own lives but the place where that i'm in now like you know and and again i grew up in my my upbringing was so twisted and so weird in so many ways that, um, you know, I had a very black upbringing, but it was heavily white influenced. Like it was just a very weird, like in my house, we were Muslim, you know what I mean? And we were a nation of Islam for a minute. Then we were Sunni, like so many things that I went through and experienced. And so I, I think I had maybe a wider view of kind of what the world was comparatively speaking to my friends in suburbia. And so now as a, as adults, they don't get it. They're, they're like, what's well, what's wrong, Frankie? We all, we never had racism. I don't, but we did though. You all just didn't see it. Right. We did have racism. But you don't remember the times I couldn't come in your house? Right. When we wanted to, you know what I mean? You don't remember the times your, your parents, your, one of our friends' parents told them that they couldn't play with us because I was playing? You know what right. I mean? Like, you don't remember that? You don't remember the time that the adorable little blonde hair, blue eyed kid in kindergarten spat in my face and told me to go back to Africa? Right. Y'all don't remember that? You know what I mean? But we're we're experience, having the same experience, but we as black people, we learn how to pivot and duck and dodge and how to hold certain things in so as not to disrupt everyone's wonderful day. Right. Yes. They love, you know what I mean? like, that's the thing about, like, down south and you have, like, the Confederate people and the people that have uh, heritage over hate and all that stuff. But in general, even if you're not in one of these hardcore extreme people like that, you have those people white people down here they all have connections to those people so the difference between me and them is i've never loved a racist and a racist Mm -hmm. is more importantly a racist has never loved me that that's the hurdle that white people have to get over is like i remember once i was talking to my friend Devin at the time when i had white friends and he was like um the we should the, the white the white years um but yeah, when i had called the white years yeah the, the 10 years i had white friends uh Devin, i remember once was talking about going home to celebrate his grandfather's birthday who was like old and shit and then he thought it would be a cute story to tell me and i and literally this is why i say white people are mostly oblivious to race they're not mm-hmm. racist because they hate black people mm-hmm. they're racist because they don't think about us so he yeah. thought he's telling a story that he mm-hmm. told everyone that night i'm sure he thought it was a 
a, you know a good story an anecdotal story so he goes yeah so um i remember one time as a prank i told my grand they told my grandfather when i came home for christmas that i was dating a black girl and then he pulled me in the bathroom and he was crying and he was and i said what are you crying about and he was like yeah you know just you know how can you be dating a black girl blah blah, blah. and i was like no grandfather's just you know it's just a whatever and i was like that's a fucking terrible story Your grandfather's racist mm-hmm. and he's like yeah but he's Bruh, old blah 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 and i was like bruh i don't know your grandfather fuck your grandfather you know what i mean like i like what do you want me to say because i know you i have to accept him fuck Mm-mm. him he's the fucking enemy right. i don't know what this nigga's right. done to black people when in his prime okay now that he old right. and feckless i'm supposed to let it go i'm never letting it go so it's that connection because at that moment i'm realizing oh your grandfather has also sat you on his knee he's bought you birthday presents your whole life he's fucking like uh come to see you graduate mm-hmm. like like it's different for me he wouldn't do those things for me so no. i don't even have the conflicting you know what i'm saying like point of view of like but grandpa eddie loved me too i'm like no this mm-hmm. nigga's trash get him the fuck out of here right exactly exactly right and and they and they don't think about things like that. You know what I mean? Why the fuck are you? Why? What makes you so motherfucking comfortable? Excuse my language. Mm-hmm. That you think you could come to my black ass face and tell me that racist ass story? Why the right. fuck you think I want to hear that shit? You know what I mean? And, and and here here's the thing. This is the thing. And black women, I think, can relate to this most. Is that when we speak up and when we say, "Calm now, calm down. Mm. Don't don't get angry." I had a a girl early on in this um, pandemic. I want to read you these text messages so I don't get them wrong. Mm. But um, early on in this pandemic, she reached out to me and she said, um, reached out to me asking me to perform on a show. Right now, mind you, this is at the height of the George Floyd BLM wave. So um, I don't know about you guys, but kind of right after that George Floyd news, it was the the visual. I still haven't watched the video of him. I can't mm-hmm. watch it. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. rips out my soul, right? So I haven't sat and watched the whole video. I heard, I saw like a snippet of him crying for his mom. Mm-hmm. That was it for me. I can't, I can't do it. And so it was kind of right at the beginning of that, and she messages me asking me to do the show with her, and I'm trying to find the text so I can get it right, mm-hmm. but. Oh, here it is. I found it. Oh, wait. That's not it. Hold on one second. No problem. But she didn't even understand why her asking me to do this show was inappropriate. Mm. You know? And I'm like, and I say to her, I say to her, you know, um, right now, the only shows I'm doing are BLM related uh, shows. If, if it's giving to charity, then those are the charity, those are the only charity shows I'm doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And she responds, well, well, yeah, I had planned this a few weeks ago. Very nonchalant. I have been planning this for weeks and this came up and I thought about canceling, but then I'm like, no, I've been planning it. So I thought I'd just like kind of throw, sprinkle some in a little. And I said, you know, I said, you don't even see what's wrong with what you just said. You think you're helping. Right. But you're going to sprinkle some BLM in as an afterthought? <laughs> right. Right. Why would you think you could say that to me? Why would you think that that would be okay? Right. Why would you think I would go, oh, you are? Okay, great. Count me in. <laughs> you right. can't be that nonchalant with an issue that's about my life. 
Right. This is about my life, my safety. I have a black ass daughter that I'm raising who's also gay. Right. So let's think about what her life's going to be like. She's the one. She comes. In, she is coming to our room three in the morning, bawling, feeling unsafe. Why? Because she's worried about the fucking cops coming in our house and murdering her and her family. Right. So no, white girl, I don't give a fuck about your show for Habitat for Humanity. I don't give a fuck about it. Right. Sorry. And you and also how dare and- you. You, you also if i'm uh if I, I remember on 3go they were talking about it you also had to deal with like a um comedy club right in the in the dc area like because they weren't stepping up and being like black lives matter and whatnot right you know yeah so here here's the thing i so and i'll, I'll tell you guys now because pretty much everyone knows yeah. um i was pregnant at the start of the lockdown and i had a miscarriage recently okay right? oh, sorry, sorry to hear that, that baby it, it's, I'm okay now. I was very, very depressed. Wow. Uh, it, it was very difficult, but I kept it to myself and I kept it off Facebook. Why? Because we're working to eradicate racism. I don't want to divert attention about what's going on with me away from anyone's, you know, forward motion. So I never posted about it. I just kind of like in these situations, I'll tell people about it. Right. right. Um, so that was, that was the one thing. Uh Oh, she froze again uh hold on one second hopefully it's just delayed on the internet on her side i think it is (laughs) sorry back now so so yeah so i I was pregnant at the start so i couldn't really go out and put my body on the line because my immune system was compromised right Right. so you know i was thinking and just kind of watching things and looking at the clubs that we work in and everyone every single one of them with the exception of one that's beer baron uh dc comedy loft but their manager was very vocal but everyone else silent not a word and for me that's unacceptable you know and and are there bigger fights to fight absolutely but again i i'm that's not my space um you know i'm not a super political person in the sense of being able to really get into the trenches and have intelligent articulate conversations to really affect change i'm working to change that but that's not currently my space but my space is entertainment i do know about that i do know what's going on i do see the racism within the industry so, yes, I spoke up about it. I, I named names. A lot of people were very upset. A lot of comics were very nervous and back to, you know, oh, well, yeah, I don't want to associate with. And my whole thing is there's this weird, I don't know what it is in comedy or maybe it's just entertainment. Black people, black folks, black folks, black folks, we are valuable. Please know that you are valuable. Not even, and I'm not even talking about monetarily. Yes, we are monetarily valuable. I'm talking about just your humanity is valuable. Please, I beg you, I implore you, don't sacrifice it for anything. It, it, there is nothing that exists on this planet that's worth sacrificing your humanity. And it's so bizarre in entertainment how, and I've done it. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. leaving myself unscathed in this. I said openly, I have done it. Where I won't say anything about a certain thing because I don't want to mess up my career. I don't want to lessen my opportunities. And I just got to a point where I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Take it. If my career is what I can sacrifice for some, for one thing to be a little bit better for black people, fucking take it. Take mm-hmm. it. Because this is true. You, The comedy clubs are various in their practices. As you we mentioned earlier, and I've mentioned probably several times since, I won stand up NBC, right? right? There were a number of people on uh, in that competition. One of them being a young white girl 
who's very funny, who I like a lot, you know, as a person. She, from what I know of her, wonderful person. Um, we went to a, an event together. Uh, Uh-oh. Getting a little bit of choppiness on the internet again. Okay. Yeah, yeah you yeah. back. Go ahead, um, baby. So yeah, sorry about that. Oh, mm-hmm. you good? The white girl. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. so we're at NACA. We're at this bit. It's this, the, one of the largest events where you get booked for um, colleges, right? And there's a lot of different people that have a lot of different booths. One of the booths is a major club in LA. And it just so happened the owner was there working the booth. She's talking to all of us. I didn't even know who she was. I had actually been talking to her earlier in the day. We had built a, a great rapport, had a nice conversation, kept the movements. So when I saw her later and was reintroduced, I was like, oh, I didn't realize you owned a club, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So we're all talking. In that conversation, she books the young white girl uh, spots at the club, right? Mm -hmm. And um, then turns to me and basically tells me I need to audition. And it, it was so blatant. It was so blatant. I was just standing there and I'm looking around. No one's saying anything. And I'm standing there ultimately what I did, I just, I just did, I didn't ever send her anything. I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I don't need to work at that club. Right. But this is just an example of I'm the winner of this thing. Right. You're booking her because she's a finalist. I actually won it. And I'm still not good enough for you to book me off of that. Yeah. I still need to work hard. I do an extra step and do another thing. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I'll never work at your club again. Even when I'm at a level, because I will be, even when I'm at a level where you're vying for my, it will never happen, ever. It's like that year, I think, was it American Idol? Did Ruben Studdard win American Idol? Yes, he did. But then Clay, whatever his name, came in second, Mm -hmm. and then he booked His career just took off. He's the one that booked all the concerts and views and shit. Mm -hmm. They're just like, I mean, cool, cool, that's that's nice for you, black guy. Uh, Can you move up for this white man? Uh, Clay, come on out. And then that that was the guy who took off because they were like, at the end of the day, you still black. Right. (laughs) At the end of the day, you're still black. (laughs) You know, so when I saw the comedy clubs just quiet, first I made a post about it. And, you know, and and I, I, I made a little placard that I posted with the caption just saying, you know, I know a lot of comics won't uh, like this or comment or will pretend like they don't see it out of fear. And that's fine. But we when things open back up, are you going to go back working in these clubs? I don't give a fuck about you. We know that they don't. But now at the most pivotal moment, the most on all hands on deck moment, they're silent. You can't even just make an obligatory post Black Lives Matter. You can't even say it. Mm-hmm. really that tells me everything that i need to know and i will never work with you under any circumstances so i named names right and people were well frankie doesn't work those clubs so she's bitter and angry no i'm not because i named clubs that i love right that are embedded in my heart that are my home and i called them out too because you're no one's exempt you don't, you're not exempt because i like you and honestly because like from a comedian perspective it's more risky to mention the clubs you don't work at from a comedian because then they're like we'll never fucking work with you you ain't never getting up in here now right exactly and so after that post i followed it up with a video and that's where i actually named names Mm. and um, then randolph came behind and he made a post speaking to that right Mm -hmm. and then um, one of the club owners finally commented and was just like well you know i think that we do a really good job at and i responded i said no you don't 
You absolutely do not. You don't have a track record of of inclusivity. You don't. Mm -hmm. Well, Frankie, you know, when you reached out to me, I responded right away. When you reached out to me the other day, I responded right away. What she was doing in that moment was trying to call me out, saying like, well, you reached out to me, you didn't get what you want, and now you're bitter. And I responded, I said, no. I said, I reached out to you out of cowardice because I was a coward. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to push my show forward. And I thought that that would be the best platform to do it. I said, but... Allison, I thought better of it. Mm-hmm. And I actually responded to you, you know what? Never mind. I found an, a, play, a home for my show. Right. So don't try to call me out and think that I don't, you can't call me out because I'll say my own shit. I absolutely reached out to you. 100% I did. And then I thought better of it right. because I was being a punk and a coward. That's what cowards do. Even though I knew who you were, I still reached out because I wanted something for, I wanted something but I thought only you could get. No, that's not true. Right. I'm gonna just keep working over here. And she and could if it, have, and if it, all this, and she still could have just been like, you know what, Frankie, you're right. Black Lives Matter. We're gonna put up the post today, and all of this could have been avoided. Like all of this all is, of is still avoided. in resistance. Do it's to the resistance of even picking the side of saying Black Lives Matter, not Black right. Lives Better or Black Supremacy. Shout out to Terry Crews. Not even those. That's idiot. Those Don't are the those are the next steps. Okay, those Terry Crews. I appreciate you giving away the game. Okay, we haven't made it that far yet. That is the ultimate goal. We are going to trick these black white people into knowing that our lives are better and that we are Black Supremacy is the only way. But before we get there, we need to matter. And so to 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 think that that is such a controversial thing in a club that would book you in a club that would want you to be on their stage want you to entertain you tame people want you to bring your black fans in there you know what i mean like the, mm-hmm. these like the same club is like wait your life matters i don't know about that one dog that's a uh you have right. a lot you know no so you know I've, I've, i'm still working on that that's not a dropped project you know right. i'm actually have have partnered with a group of comics and other influencers some people in the D.C. government to build a whole coalition mm. um, to eradicate exactly that, starting with the comedy clubs, but ideally throughout the entertainment industry. It's a lot bigger than just this conversation. That wasn't just talk. It wasn't just a moment of anger. It's something that historically, this is a thing that I think people forget a lot with America. America, no matter what your relationship is with it, no matter how you feel about it, it was built on racism right Right. racism is sewn into the fabric of the whole system that is america Mm -hmm. so you can't say america without racism it's the same thing yep and historically everyone including some of us black folks have worked very hard to keep racism in place Mm -hmm. you know why do black people do it again i think it's the discomfort with change i think it's wanting to be accepted we're never going to be accepted, black folks, okay? Mm-mm, Not mm-hmm. like that. We have our own independent individual value, which is a beautiful thing. And we, my friend, a white friend of mine told me a long time ago, he said, you know why it's harder for you in the industry, Frankie? He said, because you are not beholden to your paycheck. Right. And that scares white people. My white mm-hmm. friend told me this. Mm-hmm. And I never thought about that. I said, huh. I said, well, you know what? That's, that's, because I will... This mouth says what it wants. You will never control. I won't be beholden to anything or anyone. I can't live my life like that. Right. I have to be free to be who I am. I need to be free to say what I want to say. And if the things coming out of my, 
especially if it has to do with my innate human rights. Right. You want me to shut up? You got me fucked up with somebody completely different. You're not going to stop me from talking about my rights. And how dare you? And how stupid are you, fellow comedians, that you don't want me to speak up for you? This is for us. Right. You know, yes, I'm talking about black comedians, but my, and I was, and I said, and my white counterparts, I'm talking to you too. Are you going to still work in these establishments while you're running around down the street with your Black Lives Matter signs? Mm-hmm. Are you going to go back and work in these establishments that tell your black counterparts they're not good enough and fuck them? I, mm-hmm. I would hope not, but I'm pretty sure you will. Right. So if black lives are mattering, let's let them matter through all platforms, through all mediums. It should matter across the board, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I just think it's silly and embarrassing and sad when and I and, and the funnier part is the main people coming like getting giving me sub backlash. And when I say sub backlash, I mean making posts or tweets related to what I'm talking about, but not saying my name. Right. Were other black women? What? Which I found I was absolutely about. I've never had. I, I was a baffled. But you're shaking your head. It's 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 a little bit of jealousy. It's a little bit of pick me. You know, not trying to be funny. It's like, oh, if she don't want to be down, I'm down. I mean, because what you was always there, have those groups of What women. was their argument? I, I'm just trying to understand, like, what what were they saying was the problem? Like, I just don't understand where, what they think you did wrong. Well, one of the posts was just like, you know, she was saying, I, I work at one of these one of these clubs. Never said my name, mind you. Mm-hmm. I work at one of these clubs, and I'm just going to say right now, they do care about black life. I, I work there. They treat me like family. But, bitch, you could die today. Mm-hmm. You could get murdered and stomped by the police today. Guess what will happen tomorrow? They will continue to go on the same way that they were going. And you know what that same club did the very next day? One of the owners posted. Now, mind you, she made this whole long post. And then at the end, does throw a dig at me like, and next time someone tells you, you know, that these clubs aren't saying Black Lives Matter, you should be upset. You should consider the source. Bitch, my reputation is, is clean. I don't know what, consider the source. What the fuck you mean by that? Wow. But here's the thing. The very next day, that same club, one of the owners posted something about their support for Trump. So, bitch, how, what does that tell you? Because I know you had a conversation with them. You worked right. there. So you talked to them before you made this post and i know that because you didn't mention the name of the club because i'm sure they asked you not to right because they don't want your black ass representing them Mm -hmm. but they'll let you throw it out there for other comics to eat up you know Mm -hmm. and and eat our you know eat up and eat ourselves up and and scrap and fight over it one i'm not going to comment i'm not going to like it i'm not going to hate it i'm just you don't exist you're irrelevant two the very next day one of the owners posts about their their trump support Mm -hmm. what does that doesn't say anything to you Mm-hmm. They could give two bucks about your black. They don't care about your black ass. And they made it very plain and very simple. Thanks, nigger. Hey, Trump. They made it very. <laughs> that's the resistance. That's where the resistance for the idea of even saying Black Lives Matter comes from is because all you're doing is saying you're picking a side. You know, this, yes. is, this is the same, ironically, this is the same reasoning for why I'm like, for Beyonce's lemonade is revolutionary to so many people it's not about Mm -hmm. her coming out saying fuck white people Mm -mm. all she said was i love black people that that to a lot of people is like the line they're like no fuck frankie she wants us to say we love Mm -hmm. black people 
but no not absolutely not and the fact think that there's other black people that will come out and be like yeah uh they treat me well right so and, 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 uh, right. Yeah, we sick like what kind of shit is that right because it's always one of the things like i said it's, it's like a pick me i'm the good one you know yeah. you're always going to get that, you, yeah. you, if you don't want her i'll be more than happy to be your affirmative action i'll be more than happy to be like the one negro to make it into the room because why whiteness i was listening to a podcast um there was this thing that happened we are so off tangent but fuck it that's this fine is, i don't this care. is the show now yes, okay in one second i have a child yeah no problem right. Huh? Um, no, I'm, I'm not done. See, I'm still actively talking. Hi. Hi. We're almost done. She gonna, we gonna give it to you since you can make a French toast. We know the French toast yeah. is not gonna make itself. I, I can, I can, I'm actually free to hang out. Oh, thank you. She's just letting me know she's free to hang out with me. Oh, okay. Aww. Oh. Awesome. As soon as I'm done, I'll come up and we'll hang out. Okay. Alright. I love you. Bye. Um, it's very, what? How you want to hug? Oh, okay. Aww, oh, my child. Look this at the love. No. She let you know her. She still loves me. Her calendar availability. What? I know you're turning 15. Get the hell out of my room. <laughs> they got she's to started, let you know. She started 15 she's in two 14 weeks. and a half. Okay. Got to, got to let, let you know. know. Sweetest, she's still the sweetest baby human. And I love Well, here's the thing. You're so you're lucky. You're so lucky because well, hold on a second. All these awes and she's so sweet. Um now you're gonna try to tell us what's wrong with her. Now you're gonna try to tell us what's wrong with yeah, her now she out the I, room. I, I, I was hoping she'd stay so she could hear it so I could say it to her black ass face. Look, I've been trying to I've been trying to hang out with this motherfucker for like two weeks and she's been giving me the cold shoulder. Mm-hmm. Now when I'm busy and I'm doing something, all Oh, of now she wanna hang out. Look, but she, did you hear what, the way she phrased it? She said, oh, I'm free now to mm. hang out. Bitch, you've been free for two months. <laughs> we haven't been anywhere. We've been in the house. <laughs> you've been free. All you had to do was control all delete. Close out of your computer, bitch. Like, we've had yes. all ample time to tell, hang out. Okay? Telling the truth, Anna. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Okay. Fuck you, kids. Thank you. You always <laughs> stop to be great. I'm on her Instagram right now. She said something. Uh, she said the comedy club always treated her good. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's Frankie that's crazy. I don't. Maybe we just been talking about okay. nothing. But but I was listening to this podcast because it was it blew up online. Uh, Barstool Sports. They're run by this guy Dave Portnoy, and they found some old videos of him uh, being against Kaepernick and rapping along to rap songs and saying the N word with the rap song. Mm-hmm and so um the videos of course went viral these are four or five year old videos and people was like you know cancel him basically like this uh-huh. look look he said this at one point in time now i will say this i'm not very i i love this movement of being petty and getting the white people out to pay it's so funny to me yeah like it don't matter how small the shit is i just be wanting to see if it'll work like at this point i'm not even trying to turn it into like some racial avenger shit mm-hmm. i really am at the point where some of these grievances are so small that i'm just like i wonder if they can wonder if they can pull this one off and so this was one of those right, where right. like he's rich he owns all his own shit there's really no one to quote unquote cancel him right maybe you could go to his advertiser or something but it was like in the past when they brought up these things he's always been like i'm rich and i'm white and y'all can't do shit stop trying to cancel me right 
and so when they brought it up this time he was like uh he doubled down right now i'm rich uh, you this is cancel culture you you know this is it's just a joke learn to take a joke but now because he's tried to diversify his staff in the last four or five years there's a bunch of fucking black people that work there mm-hmm. so the black people came out and was like hey man fuck that like you can't just be out here saying like uh well they didn't even say it that forcefully but they were basically like we're black and you're putting us in a bad position because now everybody wants to know how we can work for a guy like you who won't even apologize for saying the fucking n-word like how how you know and these are people that i'm assuming over the last month or two i would guess the black shows on the barstool network have been talking about i don't know george floyd uh systemic racism so now they look, they look like some fucking cowards because yeah you know you said all this shit when it was out in the world like we need to change this we need to do this but then mm-hmm. when it came down to your workplace you're now you got to be like well you know dave's a nice guy he's uh i think it's just a that, yeah right so he yeah, put him i'm not doing that i'm right. not refuse to, i'm not doing that i'm not and like i said this is the thing that i know about myself and i can't speak for everyone but i know that i have talent i know that i have thoughts i know that i have ideas and i know that the things that i i produce are interesting so to me that says you, I don't give a shit about working your shitty club room mm-hmm. because I'm going to write my own ticket for my own thing. I right. firmly believe that. Debatable AF is doing great. Right. But, I, you know, and I'm, I'm working to do something else with that that I can't talk about just yet. Right. But that alone is just one idea. I wrote, like I said, I wrote a pilot. I sent it to a couple of people, a couple of industry people um, who who are now, like, very interested in reading black writing. Right. And one of them said, came back, like, literally that night and was like, this is the best thing I've read in pilot season. Mm. There, I haven't read anything that, that, that was this good. I said, well, here's the gag. That's my very first script that I've ever written. Right. I have no training. I have no education in writing. Right. I just knew what I wanted to see. And I, and I put it on, onto paper. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that to, to tout about how great I am. My point is that you will never sacrifice your career when you have a, a brain and a mind and ambition. Right. Okay. You don't have to sit back and eat anyone's garbage and eat their shit and, and accept bullshit from anyone when you have your own abilities and talent. Because right. you know what? I know enough people just in the world that if I really, really felt like it, I could get a whole team together and produce that my pilot myself. Right. If I really felt like it, if I really put the elbow grease into it, and if I have to do it, then that's what I'll do. Yep. That's and what I'll I put that shit out and people will f- fall, you know, love it and watch it and it'll get a fuck. Fo- do you get what I'm saying? Regardless oh, of what you do, speak up. That's what this speak podcast up. is it's really um, better. That's what this podcast has really been. Like Karen and I built this ourselves and then we have support from people that you know pay to listen to our premium stuff but that all those people supporting us have given us the ability to say no to things mm-hmm. they've given us the ability to negotiate like this season Y'all giving us power more, right. more more than you guys will will ever know i know you guys love us and support us but you know mm-hmm. out of a lot of black love and support there right. are white listeners that support too but out of right. black dollars which a lot of people would tell you is not valuable and doesn't right. d- don't matter and that black people don't support shit nigga i am a living 
or witnesses that's not true but it's also because <laughs> we have we have the voice we have and it drew black people because they were like we don't hear this we don't get to hear this everywhere Mm-mm. you know because if i if, if you're working for a different company they might come in and hey can you tone it down a little bit on the black lives matter thing it's like getting a little controversial and we yeah. want to sell these ads no nope. you know yeah you talked about trayvon no. martin for three days straight we're right. tired of it like, don't this... bring up trump no more can you can you tone down the trump right. rhetoric this episode wasn't very funny it's just an hour talking shit about trump i'm like it was hilarious to us so we like that we don't have to do that and then when we get in situations like lately you know a lot of these outlets and stuff are reaching out to us now because mm-hmm. you know suddenly white people realize racism is real and so now now <laughs> now everybody's like what about this deal what about that deal and we've been able to kind of look at them and be like nah we're, we're good with this or you know we'll consider that but that like that is because we don't we don't cut our voice off and the only thing i want to say about this show so the show i think is called two bigs podcast or something it's on this network barstool barstool has a very it has a reputation uh because i don't listen to all their shows but Mm-mm. it has a reputation for very very like white bro do bro kind of things right mm-hmm. <laughs> and so this black show brings they bring all the black people the minorities that work there and they get on one episode together and they talk about how they feel about their boss essentially having these videos saying the n-word and all this stuff and i thought it was a really good episode but i don't think they picked the titles for their episode because the title of the episode Mm. was now it's gonna get extremely real which if you look at that acronym it's nigger right right and then oh yeah you could like i don't think nobody and then maybe like 20 to 30 minutes in or something there's this weird advertisement that's not really an advertisement that's just like a bunch of racist stereotypes of like you know black come on down to the to the coon joke to like some type of weird what? like what get your watermelon and chicken here or whatever and i'm like oh, right i don't didn't have anything to do with that. i don't know if that was if they no one on the show talked about it it wasn't really it didn't really make sense being in it so i don't know if some editor mm-hmm. that that edits the podcast threw it in there as a joke or whatever but i like i just kept thinking like and and keep in mind this was not a bad conversation i listened to the whole thing it's very nuanced they're very like you know i understand they're getting a check from the dude so they spoke up in a way that i thought you know if he takes it personal y'all might get fired i don't know but i thought it was pretty nuanced pretty understanding all things considered and i still felt like they put them out there like the tokens Mm -hmm. because because you know either you tokenize yourself with that nigger shit or you let someone do it to you and then you you had but here, here's here's my issue with all of that stop asking me how i feel about my white ass boss's racism ask the other white people here mm-hmm. talk to them about it they're the ones that's making this okay obviously i don't like it okay mm-hmm. clearly i don't want to sit and be in a space where there's active racism i don't like it so why why isn't his white ass here mm-hmm. why aren't my other white counterparts here and why aren't they being held accountable why aren't we asking them how does that how does that make you feel what do you think you could do different what could be changed well you know ask them these are the ones that need to when my white friends come to me looking for absolution i tell them go talk to your white ass mammy and pappy go Mm -hmm. talk to them i can't give you the answers about racism it's very simple i'm a human person you're a human person treat me with fucking respect that's it and that's all and as a black person i did 
as a black person i did appreciate them doing the episode because i more than white people i actually care how the black people that work there feel i don't like yeah, absolutely you know other like feel. for the white people to be educated like maybe they should go talk to some white people mm-hmm. but me as a black person i'm like how the fuck y'all dealing with this because i don't know what i would do in a situation like that short of quitting like what the fuck is there for me to do and i understand there's financial reasons you might not be able to just quit on a dime but like i don't know how i don't quit if my if my boss is out here being like fuck y'all cancel culture y'all ain't about to y'all ain't about to get me i was like no dog you offended me am i cancel culture or am i a person i'm a fucking human being Mm -hmm. and now that dude the boss dude did issue a different and like an actual apology later but it it just i don't know when you see that title for that episode whether they chose it or not when you hear that 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 ad inserted into it it just kind of undercuts every fucking thing that happened on and the that's show. my point. That all those two things alone diminish that whole episode for me. Yeah, because you didn't really put any care and thought into it. This isn't really about getting real. You're you're trying to you're making a mockery of these people and the, and whatever pain they're experiencing. Right. You know what I mean? And and this is the experience of Black people in America. Wherever we go, we have to deal with that. Every step that we take in America, we are dealing with that constantly. You know what? Well, how often do you experience racism? Every, every minute day. of every day <laughs> right. that I am in existence right. in the world, in America. That's how often I'm experiencing it. But again, Black folks, we all know we have to stuff it and push it down. And if you saw me as an equal, yeah. if you saw me as valuable, if you saw me as the same as your other employees, you wouldn't trot me out like that. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't tokenize and that's, me. And there that's we go. Up. And that's the other point. That's yeah. the other point. You wouldn't even put, I wouldn't even be in this position Actually, rewind further than that. Mm-hmm. Once here's I'm a very firm believer in change. Okay, mm-hmm. I believe, and if you guys don't mind, I actually have an episode of a podcast that I did with with these other people that mm-hmm. I'd like to share with your group, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. What's the name of it? And it's well, the name of the show. I was going to put the link in the comments too. Yeah. But the link of the sh- the name of the show is um, Comedians for Hire. Okay. And uh, I did an episode with them, and the title is it says about winning stand up NBC, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not really what it's about. It's about me healing from the trauma of sex abuse when I was a kid mm-hmm. and confronting that. And and so, so I have this theory about survival. And I know you're wondering how am I, I'm bouncing to all these different places, but they all tie in. No, I trust you. I trust you. I know this is going somewhere. I have, I have this belief about survival, right? And we always tell, especially black women, you're a survivor. You a survivor, girl. Y'all gonna survive this. Don't worry, you'll survive. And there's a there's a, a reality to that 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 most of us. I really haven't heard anyone else really say this, but most of us ignore. And that is that we don't all make it. Mm-mm, Just because I'm don't. up and alive and I'm breathing and I'm talking doesn't mean that I survived. Okay. And what happened to me actually killed me. I was mm-hmm. dead for a long, long time, a long period of my life, right? And didn't know it, mm-hmm. and thought that mm-hmm. me holding on and me getting to the next minute meant that I was surviving it. Mm-hmm. No, what it meant is that I was dragging around a dead, corroding carcass and not able to move my life forward. Mm-hmm. And when I confronted those things and healed from that, I was able to resurrect myself better than I was before. Mm-hmm. And that's a story that we need to talk to black people about. Really, everybody needs to hear that story. Mm-hmm. We don't always survive. And you know what? That's okay. Yep. You know, because I, I would sit and I would look at other people surviving and making it and not understand, well, why am I strong enough to survive like that? Mm-hmm. Why can't I survive? It's because I was dead the whole time and didn't know it. 
-hmm. And no one ever told me that I could come back. Mm -hmm. I had to learn that all by myself. Right. Mm -hmm. So I like sharing that podcast episode with people because I think it's very germane to what's happening right now in America. America is carrying around a dead carcass of its former self and it doesn't want to let it go. Mm -hmm. And we have to let go of the whole system, the whole thing. So when you are in a company and you, someone shows a mirror of yourself to you and you say, yeah, that's right. I said it. That tells me you are more concerned with your ego than than human than the human lives that you are disregarding. Yes, mm-hmm. and absolutely. fuck your ego, okay? Yep. Like I said, I'm a firm believer in in, in second chances. That's right. because I've had two, three, four, five, six chances. Right. So mm-hmm. that being said, we have opportunities. Everything in life is a learning a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. You have an opportunity, sir, to look at your behavior and say, you know what? I see how. That could be hurtful. And, and 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 if you don't know what to say, you know what? I don't know what to say right now. I'm going to sit with this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to confer with people smarter than me that can help me process this. Say that. It's okay to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But don't tell me, yeah, that's right. And then later, because the world blows up, you want to now come and tell me, well, you know what? I care about black lives. No, you don't. Right. Because caring about a life is a very easy thing to do. If I made a statement about disabled people years ago, and someone comes to me, which I, I probably very well did, and I'm sure it will come out. Right. And someone comes to me and shows me a video of me doing something inappropriate like that. Guess what I'm going to say? Oh, damn. Wow. Right. Yeah. Right. I was in my 20s. I, I was a young fucking idiot. Right. And that's wrong. Let me let me think about this. Let me think about myself for a minute. I forgot I'd even done that. Right. And let me come at you real, from a real place of real understanding and real care. Yeah. That's the action. Take some action. That's, that's taking accountability. I recently, I have a problem with my anger, mm-hmm. okay? And I recently got really out of pocket with my husband. And he was beyond upset. Like, it was like we about to divorce type upset, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was so wrapped up in my, my anger and so married to that anger, I didn't care about anything else. And like I just stated, I've been working on myself. I've been trying to get better. But I have never addressed my anger. I haven't. Mm-hmm. And until that critical moment, I literally have to sit back and say, you know what? I am not as healed as I thought that I was. Right. You know, I have to take accountability for that. And we've had that argument in smaller increments over the last few years. But this one was substantial enough where I said, you know what? All of these times that we've we've talked, I have never addressed my anger issues. Mm -hmm. I haven't. I get mad, and then, you know, when I get mad to a certain point, I go blind with anger. Not like I don't start breaking shit or, or hitting people or anything right. like that, but anything is liable to come out of my mouth. Right. You know, which is a lot of times just as bad. But you know what it isn't? It isn't okay. I don't have right. the right to do that because I'm angry. Right. Yep. You know, and I don't have the right to hold on to that because I never learned how to process my anger. So now I have to learn how to process that. Not, and that's, and the thing with be- anger is like, anger is like, a, it almost makes you feel like you're not alone because it's a thing you can always have. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like if I don't got nothing else, I still got this grudge. I still got this anger. Right. I still got, so we, 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 we fine. We over here together, but it's not really company and it pushes people away. But also like when you talked about surviving, it's, it's also that thing where it keeps you from even imagining being able to thrive right because you're only surviving and you think and it's like but surviving becomes a goal like for you the 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 fucking the 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 limit is the floor like like okay you you you're still breathing 
congratulations as opposed to like yo i'm i'm making my dreams come true i'm accomplishing things i'm creating things like so you can't get stuck on that surviving and yeah people do put that out as a standard for black women because so much of black women's lives is about surviving the abuse of other people right whether it be the men in their lives whether it be white races with all this shit you know as a as a bi woman you have to deal with people's uh you know biphobia and all this shit too so it's like all these extra levels are just like well at least you're still alive it's like well nigga i'm not (laughs) you know i've been over here slowly Mm -hmm, dying every fucking day i'm not i'm not living you know this isn't living so i love that and um yeah everything you said about that anger stuff too it will come and get you because if you don't if you don't address it it'll get you one way or the other and you will lose shit you will like you said you can lose your marriage you can lose your connection with your family you can lose a bunch of shit behind that anger if it's not you know at least uh understood where it's coming from and how to like you know how to how to how to use it and how to also like diffuse it sometimes yeah and and and, but bigger bigger than that it's about um being accountable for yourself and your behavior mm -hmm. you know what i mean i've allowed myself to act out through my anger for years because I didn't, I wasn't paying attention to it. Right. I didn't think that it was a problem because no one was really checking me on it. Mm-hmm. You know, until here recently when my husband was like, wait, pump your brakes, bitch. You are tripping. And right. not literally, he didn't call me a bitch, right. but you know, <laughs> I assumed, I I assumed of, you weren't. I didn't say he's still alive. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that nigga's dead. That wasn't him getting right. that, cr- that half and half. That's not him. That's another dude. Right. (laughs) But my point, though, is that even though I speak on other people's accountability, trust and believe, I look at my own accountability, too. You can come to me and be like, you know what? You fucked up. And here's where you fucked up. I'm going to look at it. I may not agree every single time. Yes. But for the most part, I am going to look at it and be like, okay, you know what? And I'm going to listen. And I'm going to do my best to learn and try to do better. And And, and honestly, it'll give you the tools to check yourself. Like, because like like, a lot of people think the goal is to have a bunch of people around them that check them. And I'm like, nigga, that's work for them. I don't want to be work for another nigga. Like, I'm a if i can avoid it i'm gonna try to do it myself so that i have, don't have to be like you know like i know dudes they'll be like i keep black women around me you know but keep me in line i'm like nigga that's work who want to be right, around a person right, they got to yeah. keep in line like i don't want to put your buggy up at the motherfucking grocery store because <laughs> you won't right. put it away karen what were you gonna say oh i was gonna say uh to piggyback on what you were saying sweetie when you were talking about anger as um how can i say this when it comes to black women a lot of black women are mad and as the poet Solange said we had a right to be mad Mm -hmm. and our anger is justified Mm -hmm. just because your Mm -hmm. anger is justified does not mean that anger needs to be targeted at everybody and everything around you just because you have the right to be mad and Mm -hmm. also it's one of those things where our anger could be so focused on particularly towards black men that some black women will not look at their anger as anger because it's Mm -hmm. it's targeted towards another party right it's his fault right so since it's targeted towards another party i don't have any accountability and responsibility and i can speak for myself at growing up the way i did as a child a lot of black people don't really talk to their children about emotions, how to control them, mm-hmm. what to do with them. Yes. 
the the Girl, the, 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 the the proper way to 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 view them because there are a lot of parents that are emotionally damaged they got yeah. anger issues sadness issues depression issues and they cannot equip you for something that they haven't dealt with themselves so a mm-hmm. lot of times it takes you healing in order to heal somebody else and i'm speaking from personal experience and so for yeah. me it took me becoming an adult to realize that my anger was out of control you know Mm -hmm. like the thing is it's okay to feel these things and we live in a society where everybody is told all feelings are justified and all feelings are right Mm -hmm. that's not always true you are allowed to feel the feelings but then you need to analyze those feelings use your critical thinking Mm -hmm. skills is this feeling justified and ask yourself why am i feeling this way and what am i going to do with these emotions because once you get to the point where you challenge yourself to say, what am I going to do with these emotions? That's when the action changes. That's when you begin to challenge yourself. And also quit blaming other people for your anger. And that's the biggest thing because I was angry that anytime anybody ever did anything, I, there were some things that happened to me years ago where I was just angry at the world, just at the world period and didn't want to take any accountability or responsibility for my actions. And if you got hurt, you just got hurt. But the thing is hurt people, hurt people, quote unquote cliche, yep. but that's a true thing because yep. you hurt, you're hurting other people. And that person is hurting somebody else Well, nobody heals in this process. And you just got a whole bunch of hurt people walking around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tell that's a very that's a, a common conversation that I, I have I've had with my daughter over the years when she would get upset, and a lot of times kids, especially black kids, it's not taught, but it's instilled in the way that that we're raised. A lot of times, like you were saying, that we're not allowed to have emotions or process certain things, and so when we get older, we think growing up is equated to being disrespectful. Well, now I'm an adult, so I can say shit, fuck, ass, balls, and tell you to go to hell. And that's not true. That's not what growing up is. You just feel the freedom to finally express yourself. So with with my daughter, what I've done with her her whole life, when she gets angry and upset, because she gets angry, and she'll, you know, suck her teeth or roll her eyes. I don't whoop her ass. I don't cuss her out. I don't call her out her name. I tell her, I say, I say, stop. I said, come all the way back here, all the way back in my room. Have a seat, have a seat, sit down. And I say, I know that you're angry right now. And I know that you're angry at me. Mm-hmm. But, and I say, and you have a right to all of that anger. You can feel however you want to feel, but you know what you do not have the right to do? You don't have the right to be disrespectful to me. Right. So what I need you to do is get up. Without rolling your eyes, without sucking your teeth, don't slam my door, don't kick, you know, don't do any of those things. Go into your room and think about yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you're ready to come back and have a conversation with me, let's talk about it. Right. And every single time, without fail, I don't even have to go back and remind her. It, sometimes it's very quick. Sometimes it's in 10, 15 minutes. Other times it's the next day. Right. But at some point, she will always come back and say, you know what, mommy, I thought about what we were talking about. And you were right. Or... Or I disagree, and here's why. Yeah, right. But you know what she does? She she's a thinking human person, right. and she knows how to process and go through and comb through her and feelings. express herself. You know right. what I mean? And because because that's I've the thing. Her voice. All that stuff is just a shortcut for expression, right? Rolling mm-hmm. my eyes, slamming the door, all this shit is. Right. It's something inside I want to get out, but I'm getting it out through these passive aggressive means. And so you're allowing her that time to be like, listen, I'm, I'm giving you, cause what happens a lot of times with parents is they do the opposite, which is I'm shutting your shit down. 
you're you're, right. you're upset you no longer have a right to express yourself you know you right. no longer have a right to an opinion you just now do what the fuck i say and that's it yeah. but you have to make the child feel like they part of the equation because the when they, they get are. out when you get out into the world uh it's even bigger than family when you get out into the world you don't have the autonomy anymore and so you find yourself saying the comedy club treats me good i don't know what the hell is wrong right. with frankie like you find yourself shrinking yourself down because your parents shrank you down so that's that's how you learn to survive that's how you learn to cope but i think part of that thriving isn't like you got to come in here and agree with me it's come in here and explain it you know my dad used to do this thing where um i call my dad the detective because i mean I, yeah we did get whoopings though but but he would be like he would like talk to us and go through the fucking steps of how you fucked up and now it's like it's benefited me so much because i'm, I'm sure it's because of why i do what i do right like i i'm funny in that way i'm thoughtful in that way i can break down a conversation and fucking bullet points easily but it's because <laughs> of all those times where i was really just trying to talk to him and relay like this is where i'm coming from you know whether i got in trouble or not i mean one time i uh, hit a kid because he talked shit about my mama on the bus and so uh well he was I, supposed to get that ass whooping that's so how i feel okay so that's <laughs> that was my point of view okay that was so but i but i got kicked off the bus because of that and uh when i told my and uh there's some other some other um things too like i got kicked off the bus on like a friday and then uh that weekend we went to the park to play basketball we had cookies and ice cream had the time of your life oh i had the time of my life everyone yes i did and then sunday night i was like oh by the way uh now that we've had you know cookies and ice cream and mini cakes uh i don't i I need a ride to school you know and so he was <laughs> he was extremely pissed to find out you know three hours before he had to wake up and take me to, to school or whatever anyway so um uh, but I remember him like sitting me down to break it down. Like, okay, so here were your options on how you could have handled that without getting a physical altercation with this kid, because people are going to say fucked up shit to you. Mm-hmm. And I can't justify you hitting people. You're a young black boy. This is something that could literally fuck your whole life up. You whoop this kid's ass. And then all of a sudden they decide the police are involved or something. You could literally go to jail. They don't see you the way I see you, Mm-mm. but it's like, he took me through the mental steps of like here's how you could have handled it here and what about this here you could have de-escalated with this well why you know why didn't you walk away at this point you know and and he was right at the end of the day but he made me go through the fucking process before my ass was he made me go through the process mentally and i think that's the thing like slowing the slowing that mind down for that kid and being like go through the process because you need that shit later in life you 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 do and uh for me y'all i'm not gonna lie Roderick used to get on my nerves because the same thing he's talking about is how he used to challenge me and he used to make me angry because it, it would cause me to, to, to have to analyze and think and challenge myself. And if I bought it to him and I couldn't explain it to him, it was like, do it again. I said, fuck, no, 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 until it makes sense to you, do it again. But it was challenging me to actually apply myself so that I understood the situation because sometimes children don't actually understand everything that's happening around them. And as an adult, that's your job to explain the bigger picture to them so that they can make the best educated decision when you're not there. I mean, I'm a Libra, so I just want to understand, you know what I mean? I, it's not like I want to tell you you right or you wrong. I just want to know, like, if you come to me and be like, I'm angry, I'm like, why? 
you know what i mean that was my thing i'm mad yeah i'm like okay so i used to be mad so so how do we get here how do we you know like because we can't resolve a thing we don't know where it came from right. you know what i mean but those are the tools you learn so early in life look i we we could talk forever i know we've had a good time this I know, was great guys i know your daughter know. is uh they look they look for everybody looking for french toast and right. everything else we just got you tied up here your daughter has freed her schedule her very busy schedule just hang out with you and i know what schedule was free you wasn't doing nothing no way <laughs> we have been very selfish with free. your time okay i've seen her coming in and checking to be like is it time yet so she was she just recently got up and left she was sitting here the whole time <laughs> <laughs> well so i she just got up and left a few minutes ago well we Aww. appreciate you frankie we and do. uh we'll oh definitely God, this is wonderful oh for sure absolutely um yes. i and i know it was uh for the people that have it that have been listening for a long time we didn't get to all our segments and all that stuff but honestly is uh, days like this today is just like man let's just talk and hang out yes get to we know love each other. your tales and yes oh my goodness i have to tell someone here one day yeah i have, well, some, good, I have some good ones that have, that have been in the vault so. well listen i have this whole idea we're gonna have you back but i have this whole idea we do a segment on the show called white people news mm-hmm. and we go uh-huh. through all the like white celebrity gossip stuff and i figure you probably know some of these people and have oh good gossip yeah, about we ought, we some ought to of them. invite on and, and, so, and, and just do a white people segment with yeah we're gonna have to do fun. white oh people goodness. news so yes gonna, let's do it all right yes, we're gonna we'll invite you back team. um thank you yeah, guys for, thank you everybody out there for listening yes uh frankie tell them where to find you and mm-hmm. and, and all the things that you, you do oh my god yeah so you can just follow me um on instagram is probably where i'm most active so that's probably the best place to catch me at frankie french f-r-a-n-q-i f-r-e-n-c-h or uh, my debate show and that's at debatable af underscore live mm. and you can see so i'm very excited i'll be announcing later today but we just uh, confirmed michelle buteau oh okay again yeah, for the next debatable af which i haven't even announced publicly yet but um oh, so we're doing a, a special taping uh, at noon exclusive on, um, blackout tips exclusive exclusive yeah, it's going to be a special private taping at noon. It's going to be a closed loop. And then that night at 7, I'll do a watch party. Okay. And then people can donate to one of the um, frontline, uh, one of the funds to help frontline protesters. Dope. So, yeah, it's going to be dope. You guys are getting the exclusive, so make sure you follow. Exclusive, and, and exclusive. Look, we broke it. We broke Jamel Hill news last week. Ba, 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 ba. We're breaking Frankie's <laughs> fruit, French news. Okay, yes. this is what we do here at the Blackout Tips. Okay, yes. the world's most the world's most dangerous podcast no just kidding uh but <laughs> thank, thank you thank you everybody for listening uh yes. we'll be back tomorrow um th- tuesday we have jl coven scheduled as a guest oh, JL, tell him I, said what's up. I will yeah. you know he doing he doing big things out here um i know <laughs> me and him both were just like taking off right the world was like yeah niggas need to sit down for a minute <laughs> COVID came through like y'all calm down calm down i got this i got this okay i've been telling COVID, i'm like uh COVID, my nigga you didn't hear black lives matter <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they did de- COVID definitely don't believe COVID. no, no. they no, don't co- co- don't support black lives at all no co- COVID, no. COVID is the only thing that truly don't see race color creed or religion <laughs> i think COVID right, racist right, i think right. COVID might be racist right uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah we'll be back tomorrow until then i love you i love you too wow